Guys are here. Say hi, guys. What's up? What's going on? Hi, guys. I thought Jesse was going to leave me hanging again. I know. I wonder. No, not th- not this week. No. Wait for it. <laughs> Why do I have to go second? Well, here's the deal. So, what have you guys been doing in the last forty-eight hours since we last recorded? <laughs> oh, <laughs> so much. I don't have time to discuss. Don't have it. time to discuss it. Yeah. I'll go first because I actually have heli news. Well, you okay? Let me hear it. Yeah. Uh, so Jesse and I went out flying for a little bit on Saturday. Didn't get a lot of flights in because we were messing around with some audio and video equipment. Yeah. But I did get the goblin back up and going. Unfortunately, when I had taken it over to Wyoming uh, after that last crash, um, I have not crashed a goblin before, so I did not think to check the main belt, and the main belt was stripped. So I got that put mm-hmm. on, got a couple flights on it on Saturday, went to go out and fly it again, plugged everything in, nothing. I huh? hear the speed controller beeping, giving me that pissed off, like, you have no throttle signal beep. I'm like, wow, that's weird. No lights on the icon, nothing. So I bring it back in, plug it in. I see the reflection off the aluminum plate underneath that, okay, well, I've got lights on my receiver, but yet nothing on the icon. Long story short, I had an icon that died. Dead. Hmm. Done. DOA. And and Justin and I were- That's happened to me, dude. Yep. And we were discussing it, and we have figured out that they are (laughs) prone to death Post crash. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what happened to me. I drove in the compass last year. Oh, I, remember. I think last August or September and after it, a fun fly. I think it was Snohomish. And it, yeah, you're right, and it's, Jesse. It's still in state it's, of repair. It's still in a state of repair. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> a, a perpetual state of repair. And Uh-oh. same exact thing. Got it all set up. Checked out the icon, nothing. No lights, no no sounds, no smoke, just dead. Yeah. Well, I got a solution, but, and I can't believe you guys, you amateurs, hadn't thought of this. Okay, entertain me. I have a solution, too, after you, Dan. Don't crash. Hmm. Jesse? V-bar. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> oh, okay. The difference between an oh, icon yeah, and a V-bar? <laughs> we talked about that one, too, Jesse. Yeah. Wait for it. Icon fails when you... When you try to plug it in, V bar fails in the middle of the flight. Yeah, I've yeah. had none. Of, I've had none of that. Yeah, well, I I know a fair amount of people who have <laughs> flying, flying, flying. <laughs> oh my god, look at it! <laughs> Done. 
So Ugh. seriously, do you suppose it's got something to do with the plastic case? I mean, brittle. I, you know, I'm not sure. I really I don't know. I think it probably has something to do with how they brace the circuit board, yeah. or how yeah. they may not brace certain portions of it or a critical component on it. Yep. Yeah, it's it not just, the first time I've heard of it, but there's a silver lining in all of this. Uh, Justin and I had been talking about it, and he had mentioned, you know, again, he's been very happy with the Bavarian Demon for quite some time. And I had uh, just recently swapped the Scorpion 120 amp SBEC uh, speed controller on the Goblin and, you know, got the flights on that, and that's been doing just fine. So I had actually borrowed a demon from Justin last time we saw each other at Othello. Uh, he said, oh, I got a spare one. I was like, well, you know, I might just give it a shot. I'm going to first, I'm going to pull the um, scorpion off of the icon governor and give it a shot flying it and tuning it. And if the governor gets to the point where I'm happy with it, uh, then maybe I'll go ahead and give the demon a shot. Well, <laughs> what better time than when you have a dead flybarless system <laughs> sitting there? Yep. So, uh, yeah, weird how that works. Hmm. Uh, luckily, a buddy of ours, Carl, had left me uh, with a 3X, right, Justin? Yep. Yeah, to to sell for him. And, <laughs> well, hey, what do you know? It's sitting Found right here. Found yeah, a buyer. Sold it. <laughs> <laughs> Found you a buyer. <laughs> so I did get that put on and got one flight on it. I just... You know, I didn't want to be the guy to do the embarrassing takeoff and crash on the maiden in front of uh, a whole bunch. The of whole people. fun fly, yeah. Pretty <laughs> much. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to give that hat away, so uh, yeah. But I got a flight on it, and you know what? Uh, for for just basically kind of guessing on the settings and try, it really wasn't that bad. Uh, you know, some quick head and uh, tail adjustments, and it was it was surprisingly good just on the first flight so i'm really kind of looking forward to spending some more time you know tuning it getting the scorpion governor tune and just seeing you know it's one that i know the demon yeah getting to know the demon and and i'm really gonna give it i am going to give it a fair shot i'm not just gonna throw it on there put 10 15 flights on it and be like yay or nay um I'm, I mean, I'm going to spend the time to really tune it and learn it and find out. Uh, yeah. Is it really worth yeah, and like what, $200? Like we, no, this is the the one that I've got is the oh. one without the bailout. Yeah, go. this is just the standard fly barless system. It's not the 3SX. I have no have interest. Bailout. How much yeah, but is that still high How retail? Much is, yeah. 250 retail. Yeah. What's the icon going for? 190 200 Yeah. No, Two twenty. No, two twenty-five. Is it really? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. yeah so so it's not the that only far difference yeah. is you don't get the internal or the I keep saying internal, but the external governor yeah. on the BD, but the icon has that. But you know, like we were talking about Nick back and forth, even at the end of the day, if if you get it all tuned up and ideal for that system. Whether or not you prefer the feel that it provides you is one thing, but it's an objective look at things. And that's the key. And and you got to we, we talk through this as well. You got to make sure that you don't fault 
the fly barless system for something that you might be mistaking as being governor issues. Oh, yeah. Because you're now unlike the icon where you had everything all in one. Now you got to rely on this other governor. Mm-hmm. And as we know, it can it can mess with you. Governor from yeah. another mother. <laughs> That's right. From another mother. Yeah. So I'm I have high expectations for it. Not, uh, you know, maybe not so much in the way that it feels when it's all said and tuned. But we kind of discussed the, the attitude of of German engineering, you know, and that's one thing that the icon has, or I mean that the BD has, uh, it's got an exceptional reliability reputation with it. And, you know, it's not, it's not glitchy. It's not, it doesn't have like these weird quirks, you know, God, the first thing I noticed was that, Hey, what do you know? The software actually works and boots up within a decent amount of time. And, doesn't hang and, and wait. Pretty and novel this. idea, isn't it? See, yeah. I've never had that problem with my icon. Oh, mine just takes forever and it's slow, and then you. And I had, and that's funny because when I had uh, when I put the Bavarian Demon on that RC car, I had a heck of a time trying to get it to connect. Really? Huh. Yeah. That's just well. Hey, who knows? No, but I'm I'm going to give it a shot. So we will. We shall see, because if I can get the Scorpion Governor dialed in, it opens me to, you know, a lot of others uh, for now, temporarily, that that don't have external governor support. I mean, I think probably by this time next year, all of them will. But until then, if it can buy me some time, I'd, I'd just kind of like to try. So that was my short couple days. Yeah. No crashes? All your helis ready to go? Um. Oh, dude. Uh. Yeah. So I. Uh, I did have a set of tail gear stripping the blade. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like deja vu. This has happened before, hasn't it? Yeah, but the last one was totally. Well, no, not the last one. The one before that was totally my fault. <laughs> the one before that, <laughs> he's like counting on his fingers, like yeah. yeah. Uh, the third to last one. Yeah. No, the last one, I don't know. That's the one where the bearing melted into the deal, and I have no idea what oh, happened yeah, there. Yeah. That one could have been my fault as well. But this one was definitely not my fault. <laughs> yeah, but I saved it. Thank God. I don't know why. I don't know what it is with me and doing inverted hurricanes, backwards hurricanes, when they let go. Just t- totally puckered you up, but I caught it quick, and it spun around. <laughs> I hit throttle hold, and... Piro flipped it back over, audited it in, no damage. So that's fixed now. And um, MD's all ready to go. I did not get the Raptor done. Just ran out of ran out of time. And God, that thing called money. You keep crashing and buying shit yeah, and traveling all over the place. And amazingly, the money goes away. It dries back. up. Dries up quick. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, that's a uh, that's a lot of stuff to put in a couple days, man. Not too bad. Just trying to get ready, dude. I'm yeah. sitting here uh, in the trailer, surrounded by the awesomeness that is a piles of PV fifteen inch <laughs> speakers all around. Yeah, we, we gonna be bumping. <laughs> is that, is I that, love that sound system. Yeah, yeah. It's too bad you guys won't let me play my kind of music on it. Oh, we're gonna. 
<laughs> Justin and I are screw you guys. What do you think? Yeah, what do you think's gonna <laughs> happen when he shows up on Thursday, Thursday night from ten to five p.m. <laughs> ten in the morning to five p.m. It's yours on Thursday. Oh, I'm thinking it's more like from eleven p.m. to like four in the morning. Yeah, there you go. It's where everybody <laughs> shows off and we don't scare off anybody by playing yep. Sepultura, that kind of stuff. Yeah. There you go. And sum up the whole album with uh, done. <laughs> <laughs> Ship I like it. that. That was pretty good, man. You want to start a band? Nick, have you used that before? No. I feel like that that was a seasoned attack. Yeah, no, we had this we had this conversation. Where were we, Dan? Uh, oh, oh, it was we were, me, you, and Justin, or Jesse yeah, had we're, this conversation. Yeah, yeah we, we were we hanging out in my trailer before. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's I'm like, right. oh, dude. He's like, oh, play this song, play this song. So we look it up on YouTube, and it starts all off, you know, heavy on the drums and guitar. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm totally digging this. They just, I mean, they're they're pounding away, but I'm I'm really getting into it. And then all of a sudden, they just totally ruin it with. Yep. Well, that's all. You have it's no like taste, the worst therefore you shall die. Ruins the whole You have no song. taste, Nick. No taste, therefore you shall die. Done. Let it be written. Yep, it ruined it. Next. Done. Back. New song. Ugh, it's not that guys. bad. No, it's not. It's not that bad. It's not we that gotta, good. We'll listen to... We'll listen to... <laughs> <laughs> we'll listen to some of uh, Nick There and goes Jesse's. Jesse again with one of his... Oh, okay. No, no. I got a story. I got a story. It's nothing to do with helicopters. But I'm going to throw Nick under the bus. So the other oh, night. Oh, dude, I totally know what he's talking about, too. So the other night, I can't remember why. Oh, we were just, we were going over some audio stuff, Nick and I were. Yeah. And we were kind of sharing with each other our little tips and tricks. And so we were doing screen shares so we could see what what each other was, was doing. And um, so Nick shares his computer screen with me. And it happens to have iTunes opened up. And what did I see, Justin? Are you ready for this? Oh, yeah. I'm ready. I saw <laughs> about a whole page full of Britney Spears. Oh, dude. Now, yep. I think we've had this conversation before. We have. And it's we have. Yep. yep. I downloaded the whole album because there was a couple songs that I wanted for the... Um, for the beats in, in the video. Yeah, for video Britney music. Spears. Except you don't do any videos. <laughs> <laughs> that that you know of. I mean that yeah, yeah. that's true. That's true. Now, okay. You want a link, huh? Not here, on this here's, website. Here's a tip. If you are uploading <laughs> videos, yeah, to adult websites, Nick. Britney Spears is probably not the music you want to use. That hey, I have a paycheck that says otherwise. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we digress oh, again. Uh, is that all you got, Nick, for the last couple of days? Anything? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, that's uh, it. Right, wow. You're all I'm packed go, up, ready to go. Pretty much. I am, dude. I'm totally good to go. Unlike all you guys, I'm, yeah. I'm prepped and. Ready? Got and I even have some of two us have real jobs. Some of us have vehicles, real jobs. trailers, wife and a kid to get ready. And yeah, we're but some of us have go. real jobs where we're obligated um, for a good portion of every day, and we can't focus on packing for the fun fly. Yep, that's it. Half hour <laughs> away from home. Dan, then what, what's your excuse, dude? <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> really? So now that we've covered everyone else's job. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Who wants to go next? Who's been doing anything in the last couple of days? I know, Justin, you've probably not been doing much, right? I've been doing a, a few, Are you, few you're minor killing things. You're me here, wait, 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 dude. Wait, 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 wait. Justin, Jesse, you guys have an no, identity don't, don't matter. there? You I think I think Jesse was jumping in. Jesse was jumping in, but I was asking Justin. <laughs> yeah, but I started talking at the same time you started asking the question. Oh, so, well, you know. Oh, I don't you, care. You Go know, for it. He, was, he was taking the initiative. Remember a oh, couple episodes you were giving us a hard time about you know having that uh, <laughs> like a that broadcast intuition, man. That's right. He was taking he was taking the initiative. Should, and now you just slapped his wrist. I did. I, it's my bad. So go ahead, go ahead, Jesse. Let me hear. No, I'm, I'm, good. I haven't been up to nothing. Nah, nothing at all. No. Are you ready to go? You packed? No, I have not started packing yet. It. Uh, <laughs> when I, are you I'm leaving, just, Jesse? I'm not taking off till Thursday, probably six thirty my time. I, I have to work tomorrow, being Wednesday and Thursday. So hmm. uh, tomorrow evening, though, I will be packing all of my stuff and getting all my stuff together because. I will be taking it over to Nick's and loading it up. Don't forget in... your turkey fryer. I will not oh. forget a turkey fryer. Nick, don't I you will... forget your turkey fryer? Just did. <laughs> oh, so you oh, are. So you are packed. Apparently not. Apparently not. Man. No, I. Uh, that's a good one, Dan, because I actually have a list of stuff, but I had forgotten that you told me to put that one on there. So I will add that to the list right now. So yeah, going to be getting home from work tomorrow night. Uh, getting all the heli stuff closed, pretty much everything that I possibly can together and get that loaded up tomorrow evening. So therefore, when I get off work on Thursday, it's just a quick um, drive over to Nick's place and we'll take off from there. And Sweet. so the only bummer part is that's going to put us, you know, at the uh, probably not getting to the field till pretty late one in the morning. Yeah. Something like that. I mean, I, I doubt we're going to have any issues with traffic. So. I would say yeah, it's a six six and a half hours. It's it's about the same distance that I have to drive to school um, every time. So just a little bit different direction. Hmm. Um. So yeah. Other than that, like Nick mentioned, we did get out last Saturday. Not a ton of flights in. Uh, a couple on seven HV. A couple on the N seven. Uh, those were actually the only helis that I brought to the field because I just I need to get flights on both of those airframes now with the uh, BK servos being in the seven HV. And then, you know, trying to wrap up the N7 review. So, getting trying to get lots of flights on those two helis. And then one thing did happen, and I actually have a question for you guys. What wand um, do you guys use for your nitro starters, for those of you that have nitros? The wand. The wand? The wand. I don't know what that is, Justin. I don't either. If you have to ask, then you're not a true <laughs> nitro lover. Then, it's a Dynatron, isn't it? It's a Dynatron a one. Black and Decker. That's grill. correct. The yeah, Sullivan. Black and Decker impact gun. That <laughs> is <laughs> no, that is the unwand. <laughs> no, what I had happen was so I have the uh a Sullivan starter and I have one of the I don't know, it, it threads on to the output shaft on the starter. But when you go to start the motor it's trying to unthread yeah. the attachment that holds the that holds the wand. That's a horrible design. And so design. I thought I had fixed it. I literally just cleaned it. This was probably six months ago now. I cleaned everything off with you know, isopropanol alcohol, and then I just JB welded mm-hmm. everything in there. Mm-hmm. Just filled the whole thing up with JB welding and just wiped it off where it squeezed out. 
And Why didn't you just work- pin it? He probably did, and it didn't work either. No, no, no. That that's what I'm going to now. So that's my next because this this had been working. And part of it is if your nitro is you know I had some of the uh, when I was having issues with my motor a couple I don't know a month ago now when it was hydro locking and stuff. It that's a lot of lot more force than normal on the uh, on the starter. Mm-hmm. And so under normal starting conditions, they you know those motors are fairly easy to turn over for those starters. Um, but yeah, so my next solution, I guess now is drill a hole and put a pin through, but so that, I got to get that done before, before this weekend so I can have a nitro or I'll just borrow Justin's. You'll have to borrow Justin's. Yeah. You're not going to borrow Justin's cause Justin's not bringing his because Justin's nitro is not running right now. I would borrow Dan's, but it'll just jackhammer mine. Oh. Yeah, Dan, Dan's is the one aligned starter on the planet that doesn't <laughs> that suck. So then I guess that means if I can't get it fixed, then I'm coming. I'm going to Ken's, going to Lower Heli. <laughs> you should look into the Sullivan wand, though, because you're right. I mean, you guys have been giving me crap, and rightfully so, about my ghetto. jackhammer ghetto 12-volt cordless drill. Mm-hmm. And and I, I realized how crappy it was eventually. And went and spent, it's it's horrible, $90 on this freaking Sullivan wand. But mm-hmm. it does not budge because it has a clamping system on it, like a two-bolt clamping system. So it Wait, really $90 on just the wand? Wait, wow. yeah, Justin, dude. Justin, you mean like a, Justin, you mean like a clamping system, like when you put the fan on the output shaft of a nitro motor? Like yes, those two? exactly. Okay, so the one I have right now has that too. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it, it doesn't work? It, and it, you, it, you have the it Maverick, holds for about you? six months. You have the Maverick, right? Yeah, I, I'm, I believe it is a yeah. Maverick. Oh, and there's it, your it problem. Two, yep, it's like it's, Nick. I tell them about my my Maverick. Yeah, it's that thing. was the one where like I would leave my starter out at the flight line, kind of like what we do when oh, we're all flying together. That. And yep. Nick would come up there and then realize it was mine, and he'd set the heli down and walk all the way back to the pit just to get his own. Yeah. <laughs> what what was the story there or why? It it's got like this little quick release thing on the tip and it like the catch in there or the little spring clip or whatever wore out like three flights in. So you take the starter, you're mm-hmm. holding the heli by the head, you lift the starter up, point it down to put it in the <laughs> in the socket and the oh, tip yeah. would slide out every gotcha. freaking time. Nice. It was so stupid. So it's probably pretty fun trying to pull it back out of the That's starter cup. Exactly once <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Gotcha. Huh. Well, I don't have that issue, but it does keep on threading. So you know, I'm telling you, man. It, as long as you are willing to be wary of the, you know, crotch the, shot. A, the annual crotch shot, the the regular cup wand is the way to go. They do. No work. way, dude. They do work well, but you have to be prepared for the occasional nut. I've just... got busted in every possible area <laughs> extremity. I've dented heli blades, canopies. Forget that shit. Yeah, but that's that's using mine when you're not used to it. Yeah, when you're not expecting. It. I never have that, that problem with well, it. See, that, I'm that's used what to it. I used for a long time, Nick. Yeah, and Jesse's was... has done it to me too. Well, that, that's what I had used for a long time, and then I went, oh, wait, I can just pull the, the insert, the part that goes inside the cup, I can just pull that out, and that's actually threaded. Mm-hmm. And so I just went ahead and threaded it on, and I've been trying to do that, because then it, it does have the pinch bolts, but yeah, just, it's not enough, so. 
I just I think that damping of the cup and the ability to to spin a little bit if it hydrolocks. I have had to go buy a new insert for the cup once. Yeah. But I mean, dude, that's been a lot of flights I put on that. I I that's all I used in the beginning, but I got tired of you know, kneecaps getting smacked. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it didn't, requi- didn't yeah. happen a lot. It did happen. In a world where 22 degrees of pitch just doesn't cut it. One tool. All setups. All sizes. All brands. Soko Heli Tools. A unique setup methodology. Soko Heli Tools. Coming to a webpage near you at www.soko-heli-tools.com. Set up different and Soko your hell. You know, you what guys the remember the one? old school nitros like the Kyoshos, yes. the concepts, and the Nexus that had the an starters? actual. Yeah, yep, <laughs> yep, <laughs> exactly. Starter. Oh, wait, it like was my the little one? conical yeah. asshole yeah. starter. Yeah, it started like just the like, Minair uh, with the flex wand. I don't no, know. No, no, no. This oh, is actually dude. like a plastic or a metal cone. Yeah, it's like a that you would no, no, jam no. the jam the rubber thing onto like a prop. No, the mid like air one had a flex wand. And uh the bearings, the one way bearings were in the wand. It was just yes. a shaft sticking out. And dude, the thing was like a freaking the, the biggest vibrator known to man, if you didn't get the <laughs> angle on the wand just right, it would vibrate and, like, literally, it would throw the whole starter out of your hand. It was so <laughs> tremendous. You had Honey. to, like, kind of get this weird little <laughs> angle. Dan's going there. I'm going there. Yeah, you're, Honey, yeah. have you seen my starter? <laughs> that thing is so that thing is so wild. It comes with, uh, comes with safety goggles and a crash helmet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, where were we at were we, jesse were you were you, I, were you pretty much about wraps it up? yeah that wraps it up so adding uh only six flights last weekend so but ready for this weekend yeah 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 justin dan what have you been up to i've actually i've actually spent a lot of time on heli stuff in the last 48 hours someone's so, feeling the pressure i am feeling the pressure <laughs> My Goblin 770 is still not ready. <laughs> all, all 10 minutes of effort that's required to swap out the, the vertical tail fin. But no, I've been spending all my time getting the Goblin Speed put together. It turns out that the 14S power system is a challenge to fit in there, I'll say. The Cosmic. So let me let me paint you a picture here. The Cosmic is an absolutely gorgeous ESC. I you, hope you, so. You look at this thing <laughs> and you instantly <laughs> realize <laughs> that it is nothing like any other ESC on the market. I mean, it is just top notch. Lined with gold? Yeah. Gold lined laced. with gold, yes. And diamonds. Does it do windows and shit too? It will. Nice. And, but the problem with this is that Contronic decided to put the 
all of the electronics ports on the left and right side of the speed controller. And it's a pretty beefy speed controller. I'd say it's probably about two and a half inches thick because it's the cosmic cool. So it's got about a centimeter of heat sink above where the regular flat plate would be on, on the normal cosmic. And then on top of that, you put another fan on the heat sink. That's probably about another centimeter tall. So it's, it's a pretty beefy stack. Now, the problem with this is the Goblin Speed doesn't have a lot of room up front. And the stock front frames give you two whole sets, a, a high one and a low one, to set the ESC mount on so that you can adjust for the size, basically the height of the ESC that you're running, such that it doesn't run into the canopy. Well, the cool is so big that it runs into the canopy on both settings. So I I knew I was going to have to do some customizing, and that's no big deal. I chop my helis up all the time. But I did it. I, I basically cut the first set of holes, and I looked at it. It's like, okay, I think that's going to fit. And then I realize, holy shit, how am I supposed to get the master and slave servo or, uh, or throttle and BEC lines in? Because they're on the side of the unit that is now buried deep within the two carbon fiber frame sides. <laughs> so I'm like, damn, okay. I go and drill another set of holes to drop it down a little bit lower and now push it forward. So now at this point, you can picture my front side frames kind of look like Swiss cheese because I'm, I'm popping holes in this thing all over the place to try to find a way to make it work. Okay, so I get all that together. And before I can solve the problem with getting the wires plugged in, I go and lower the thing down. And everything looks good. And I'm like, oh, crap, I forgot to put the motor mount in to check that. Put the motor <laughs> mount in. Bang. The, the, the back end of the cosmic runs into the freaking heat sink on the motor mount. <laughs> so I'm like, this is just this is absolutely killing me. Drill another set of holes. So now the motor mounts in the motors in the belts tensioned. It's in its final resting place. Everything fits, and I still can't get the wires in. So what I had to do was take the frames off, bolt them together so that I could get a good uh, even cut on both sides, and slot the side frames with these big, like, three-inch long by quarter-inch wide slots so that I could get access to the servo ports, the USB port, the two status LEDs, and the little push button for programming. What a pain in my ass. Now, I wouldn't usually complain about this except for the fact that I had put this off this long because I just recently got the 14S packs thinking, oh, no big deal, dude. It's a power system swap. I can get that done in like an hour. No, no, it was trial and error on this crap, cutting things apart. Every time I got to remove the stupid frame sides, I've got to pull a bunch of bolts and frame spacers and, oh, what and a you freaking paid a mess. Ass load of money for it. Yes. Yeah. Now it's not, it's not Contronic's fault because when you look at the freaking ESC, as much as I would like to blame them and, and, and was cursing their name during the whole endeavor. You look at the ESC and there's not really any other location for you to plug these things in. 
And you can't do it on the front or back side because you've got the power plugs for the motor and the batteries. And underneath the motor plugs, there are three aux ports that basically allow you to plug in like the Bluetooth module or a fan or something else like that. So yeah, yeah, it had to be there, but what a pain. Finally mm-hmm. got it put together. It looks good. It fits. I checked it with the canopy. I got the KDE motor put in that thing. Wow. It's been a while since I've had a KDE in my hand and it is a nice motor. Awesome. Just top notch. So I'm finishing up the the last solder joints now. I, you know, you got to go through and make sure that the wires are short enough. And I've got this new concept, which is called a fuse. Go figure. Cosmic or Contronic wants you to run a 200 amp fuse on the input side to prevent and a panel from, and a meter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Three phase. Yep. It's it's almost there, though. And after we're done recording tonight, I will go back downstairs and finish it up and hopefully at least get it spooled up in Dieter's yard tomorrow. Because I, like you, Nick, are not going to do the thing where it's like, hey, guys, watch this (laughs) on a remaiden and all (laughs) hell breaks loose. Have Dieter uh, videotape it. Shit burns up when Dieter videotapes. That is true, dude. Oh, no. (laughs) that's bad okay never mind the Dieter thing (laughs) done with work though for the week super psyched about that so tomorrow's my first day off i'm gonna i'm gonna sleep in a little bit wednesday morning get up finish my last uh bits and pieces here i have actually been preparing and am partially packed i spent about three hours on sunday cleaning my car which, if you've ever been in my car, it's second only to my garage and work area. <laughs> oh, so it took three hours of concerted effort. It now looks like it just rolled off of the dealership floor and it is ready to get all shitted up for the fun fly. So you're heading to Dieter's tomorrow. I'm headed to Dieter's tomorrow. And you're going to be... Party at Dieter's house. So you're just going to bypass Dieter's, drive another three hours and help me pack up. No. No. Are you really only three hours away from Dieter's? Uh, three and a half hours. I mean, what would the benefit there be? I wouldn't have to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Wow. All right. So if it was only like an hour, I might consider it just so that I could get an appreciation for your part of the world. And and maybe get some insight as to why you like Montana. Oh, but it's always got to come to that, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. You guys suck. You're not even in a big city, right? And I like it that way. Okay. <laughs> I got no. Drive, I'm not going to help you, Dan. I got to drive 80 miles to go to McDonald's. Are you serious? <laughs> 40 miles one way. Well, that's good. Yeah, you don't want to be eating yeah, that stuff don't. anyway, dude. I got to drive eighty right miles. To, I got to drive eighty miles to go to a movie. That would suck. Wow, <laughs> that would suck. That's not completely true. There is a little theater in the town about twelve miles from me. <laughs> they have like not that kind of old theater, Dan. Thirty-two inch tube yeah. TV. Yeah, 
<laughs> the ones where you walk in and it's like a yeah. little private booth with a black curtain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You just start throwing quarters in. in a co- smells a little funny. <laughs> Coffee can on the floor. Huh. <laughs> so is that it? Is that there? and then it, and then a dude comes in through your curtains. Oh. Come on. <laughs> Too far. Had to take it there, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, so you're. It bas- was the next logical step. Uh, you guys notice how I'm trying to move this along, and he just won't. Let yep. me do it. Won't let it happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> he's just, he's, <laughs> oh, I almost... that dude's not coming to serve you drinks, dude. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and go then, since uh, apparently Justin's done talking about other things, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, my last 48 hours has been fairly uneventful. Here, I've rationalized a few things. He's going to serve you something though. Yeah. Uh. Justin, you got to let it go, buddy. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> okay, go, dude. Let it go. Let it go. I have a kid, so I've been <laughs> heard that song a thousand oh, yeah. times. Um, I've rationalized a few things here. I've got um, I've got two helis that are still in the need of repair. But but I've 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 co- I'm okay with that. I've come to a rationalization with that. It's a uh, very simple, easy to do repairs. I can easily do those. When I get to the fun fly, right? Just need Dude, we are a bunch of collective <laughs> slackers. We're uh, we Nick. <laughs> stop. We are, we already went over this in your section, man. I don't have to wrench on anything. All I have to yeah, do is you've you only and got Dan. like one heli. It's not a big deal, guys. I have four helis. <laughs> yeah. All I have to do is plug my icon in and set up a tail. It's really not a big deal. It'll take Damn, that's all you've had to do for three weeks. And so. then on the goblin, <laughs> all I have to do is put another receiver in it. That's it. Oh no, man, that's gonna turn into like a two hour Yeah. Endeavor. No, it's Well did how much Shugu's on the old receiver? It's already off. <laughs> yeah. No, the okay. receiver's not bad. I actually just took it off the other day because I needed to use it for something. Okay. And mm-hmm. um all I got to do is put it back on. So, I mean, just plug in three wires and bam, done. Simple. Bam. Bam. Hmm. See? Easy. Easy peasy. Bam. You know, I haven't been doing any heli flying in the last couple of days, but I kind of knew that was going to happen. I'm all right with that, too. Another no-fly? <laughs> for the last couple of days. Well, you can't, no, you can't do a no-fly for 48 hours. Why not? <laughs> because it's not going to be a no-fly for the week. Yeah, it's not. I'll get some flying in. That's another show, though. No, I'll get some No, we go in. by weeks here, man. Oh. <laughs> okay. Saturday to Friday. All right. So there. Well, our midweek update, you guys got no fly cards. So Thus far. far. No fly. So you so can far. hand those back once you get flights. But right yeah. now. You can hand those back. <laughs> we should actually make some no fly cards. We should, actually, you, yeah. You know, uh... Did you guys, someone tagged, I, I don't know, Jesse, if you got tagged, but I know Nick and Justin did on a photo of the scrotum trophy. Did you guys see that? Oh, yes, I saw that. That was a massive sack. 100 pounds. <laughs> 100 pounds. Oh, scrotum. God. Justin, that's going to look good on your mantle. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have to build a bigger mantle. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to have to like earthquake strap it to the wall, <laughs> lest it kill a family member. 
I, uh, I'm not packed. I'm not ready. <laughs> I've got so much shit to do. It's incredible. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, you know what? I'm feeling really good about myself right now. Thank I've got, you, you know what, though? It's like a trip I, to Walmart, I, dude. I do have my shopping done. Oh, I just made a trip to Walmart, actually. I did that last night. I'm All doing, my grocery shopping is done. Oh, there you um, go. I ha- You know what? I haven't even bought the ingredients for the chili yet. Dude, don't dick up the chili. Oh, I won't. I won't. In fact, I'm thinking what I'm going to have to do is buy it, go Saturday morning to the grocery store there and buy it. Yeah. Uh, I'll make sure that I have the stuff that I may not be able to find there. You know, the, the secret stuff that I can't tell anybody about. You know, the ingredients. But well, you know what? We're not going to be concerned about the ingredients because we're going to be flying. It's well, a fun fly. I have to it's cook fun the fly. chili, it's right? It's not a fun chili. It's a fun fly. <laughs> I have to I have to cook the chili, right? Yeah. So I can do that. That's all right. The grocery store is only five miles away from the fun fly. It'll be all right, Nick. It's going to be okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All I got to do, I just don't want to bring the meat because I don't want the meat to sit in a cooler from Wednesday. Yeah, please, please don't give the entire fun fly the shit. Right. So I'm going to go get the meat fresh and I'm going to bring everything else. Oh, now you're yeah, making with me only nervous. a couple porta potties. <laughs> what do you mean I'm making you nervous? I just told you I'm going to buy the meat fresh. Last year I didn't buy the meat fresh. I froze it and put it in a cooler and it was solid ice until I needed to cook it. But. Mmm. Uh, this time I'm gonna go. actually last year was good chili, dude. It's gonna, the same thing, I'm telling you. Uh, but not packed. Oh my god! I just keep thinking of all this stuff that we got to get done, and I'm wondering if it's gonna happen. I got to tell you too. Um, a, maybe a bit of warning for those. Well, I guess by the time this show airs, it will be of no no consequence. But there's a huge event happening in Spokane this week. Yep, the biggest. Holy criminy. So I hope you guys had decent luck getting in and out. I I don't suspect it'll be too big of an issue, but I was uh, was pretty impressed with uh, the size of this event coming on. It's a little uh, bigger than our fun fly. A little bit bigger. (laughs) A little bit. Um, For this year. For this year, next couple Hey, I yeah, got a RCHN three. I was uh, just wait. I was able to wear a, a pretty cool n- new shirt today. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Do tell. It, it's this cool new shirt that those guys over at RC Holy Nation have. You guys have seen it? Have you seen it? Nice. It's a pretty hmm. cool shirt, man. Well, so here's well, the deal. Dan. I was able to put a pretty cool uh, no, card in my up. wallet. Shut up. <laughs> Let me tell my story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, wait a minute. Yeah, I have this pretty cool uh, but see, citizen. I actually have a, a reason and a point for bringing this up. Okay. Okay. So I was wearing this, this shirt today, and um, I actually had several people comment to me, that's a really nice shirt. What does it say on the back? Because the front just says, are you a citizen? And I was kind of shocked at how many people said that's a nice shirt without r- really even understanding what it, what it was I, cool. I think people thought i was trying to make a political statement <laughs> i, I it's, it's the only thing i can gather i mean it's the only uh, yeah, Are you a makes citizen? that's great 
Are you one of them damn illegal immigrants? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so um, I have a feeling those shirts are going to go pretty pretty damn quick. But we'll be bringing some to the fun fly and plenty of hats. And uh, I just got to get all that stuff packed up somehow. Justin would come help me. It'd probably be a hell of a lot easier. What's in it for me? (laughs) The, The satisfaction of knowing you helped. Hey, you know what's cool? Hmm. My kid is, uh, he's been into those like rubber band bracelets. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Jesse, you know, he gave oh, you yeah. one. I Remember? still got it. Yeah. So he has been just like working every night for like the last week. He's making a whole pile of one, a whole pile of them, all in RCHN colors. Now, here's the, here's right. the deal. I you, think he's nice. going into business. That's that's cool because you gave me the one that you had, right? Because you didn't have any extras at. Uh, oh yeah, but it was too small. So make sure he makes me one that's just a little bit bigger. Well, so here's the cool thing: he's got you know he's probably got thirty of them made right now that he's going to be bringing, but he'll be making them on the spot. Yeah, he'll too. be on site. Oh, he'll be, this vendor. is an on site endeavor now. We're going to have to check the child labor laws on that. We're going to have to I get know. him a tent. Dude, <laughs> <laughs> I'm making 30% off this. So. <laughs> you, you, need, you need a little bracelet? You need a bracelet? I you need a bracelet? bracelet? Two, two bucks. Two bucks. Two fifty. Two fifty. No, that's cool. Yeah, I definitely want a bigger one, man. The other one just kind of broke off. It was too loose or too tight, and the rubber bands were stressing. Yeah. No, no, that's going to cool. be fun, man. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that that wraps it up for me, guys. I'm really looking forward to getting out there and uh, getting away from this arduous, grueling new job of mine. Yeah. <laughs> Let's mm-hmm. can we go one episode without talking about your Seriously. job in a positive light? Yeah. Well, but no, just your because job that's kind of you know, there's 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 just given things in this world, and one of those is Dan is either going to love or to absolutely hate, despise his job. And it's, a, it's the extremes, isn't it, Nick? It's extreme one or the other. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Just Jesse is going to get like 30 flights in, and Justin is going to not have his helicopters ready to fly. There's, those are just givens. And Nick's going to strip Wait, out Wait, my tailgates. helis are always ready to fly by the time I get to the fun fly. No way. What are you talking seven about? 7HV Othello? Well, the se- yeah, but I never committed <laughs> to the, <laughs> having the 7HV ready. I swear that we didn't say every about fun fly you have had, I, I just got a couple little touches in the morning. It's like three hours later, and then he's like, oh, I think it's ready. <laughs> yeah, that did happen at the last Othello. <laughs> You're right, because of the stupid nitro. <laughs> no, well, it's, it's totally ready to go. I just got to pull the motor, swap a couple bearings in real quick, and rebuild the head and slap a new boom on it. But, I mean, it's ready. Do a setup. It's good. Yeah. It's ready. Hey, you know what that means, dude? I I fly hard. Yeah, that's exactly what that means. <laughs> yeah. So I do have, I want to, uh, a lot of you guys uh, know who Ed is. Talk about Ed all the time. He's not going to make it to the fun fly this year. 
Just wanted to. I know I'm disappointed uh, in you, Ed. Yeah, I I was at first, but his reasons are kind of legitimate. He took his wife down to see her family in New Mexico. I just wanted to let just mention it. Ed will be thinking about you, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people missing you there. So, you know, get back safely, and uh, maybe maybe you'll be able to make it out to uh, Snohomish. So, you better. Yeah. All right. Well, do we have any? news considering it's only been a couple days or were we able to do anything? I do. Absolutely. Alright man. In today's heli market it can be a challenge to find a retailer that stocks a variety of different brands and parts, has great customer service and boasts fast shipping. I can tell you that Rotary Wing RC has all of this and more. Finally, I feel like I found a place where I can get everything in one order and I'm confident that I'll get the shipment quickly so that I can get back in the air next weekend. You don't believe it, huh? Trust me. Go to www.rotarywingrc.com now and check out your new go-to online heli shop. This week's news, guys, is brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. What do you got for news, Nick? So this is a real interesting interesting thing that I don't think we've seen yet in the hobby so far. Uh, Gowie TSH put out, they've got these new frame sides for the X3 that have circuit board, that, that basically have circuitry built into them. So what it is is you run your wires up top, like up above the boom block, and there's all these little pins that stick out that are labeled for you to plug the servos in. Then the circuitry runs down inside the frame and down below, kind of above the bottom plate, um, it pops back out down there. And then you just run these short jumper wires into the fly barless system. And the idea was that because you know, anyone who's wired a 450 class model knows that it just sucks. Mm-hmm. I mean, worst they're just a huge pain in the ass from the pictures i i gotta say it cleaned it up a lot you know it it makes me a little nervous it just seems like more potential for you know bad connections bad solder joints on the pins since the you know they actually all go all the way through the frame and stick out the other side and then they're soldered there i mean I don't it's know. a through hole construction, or yeah. is it? Yeah, it's a through hole. Uh, yep. It is. It is. And you can see yeah, right on the other side. If they're actually going to mass produce this, I'm not sure that they do all that by hand. That may just be wave soldered. Yeah, yeah. but still, I mean, I man, I've I've repaired. I mean, those are, you know, rampant in the automotive industry, and I've repaired a ton of them where they, the solder joints break. And yeah, I just, oh, yeah, it's it's. I can see possible. a bad tail vibe, you know, making more problems. Right. I think it's a novel concept. I applaud them from go, for going there. I don't know that it really solves that big of a problem, quite frankly. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to fly a 450, it's going to be tight. Yeah, because yeah. the yeah, thing it, is the... I mean, it cleans it up. I'm looking at it in cross-section. It does clean it up. 
but there's still a shload of wires in that thing. Well, yeah, that's the thing. The servos are still going to come with the same length of wire. So I think to truly take advantage of this, you're still going to be trimming servos, servo leads yeah. to make them so they just get you know to where they plug in and that's it. Plus, yeah. think about that. This uh, this this set of connectors that I'm looking at or pins are entirely uninsulated. On the outside? Yeah. Yeah. Oops. I have a piece of conductive material. Yeah. Or my screwdriver. That falls across them. Yeah, I got Bam. it plugged in and I go to tighten a bolt and lay my screwdriver across there and yep. melt all Zap. the circuitry. That would be fun. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I think like you said, I think it's a it's a cool idea. Um it, it might have a place on some models. You know, maybe it works out better on smaller ones than bigger ones. Uh, it, I think there is potential, but I think it's going to need some polishing first. Yeah. And did they make the frames out of non-conductive G10? Yeah, they that do, looks like G10. They look like G10. Yeah. So then you're you're adding weight, too, yeah. which kind of stinks. Yeah. And it's got that gay kind of flat weird fingerprints easily g10 material look to it which i'm not a real big fan of so i don't know well that's what we think about that gowie <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, but hey my hat's off for thinking outside the box i really like that and have a lot of appreciation for that yep. so i found this is kind of cool this is a little over just a quick little overview video of the Align G Pro done by Luca Piscani. That dude and, again. Yeah, he seems to be quite involved with it. But I got the scoop because I finally asked um, Fastbinder, you know, is there a 4GX? Because I keep hearing people say 4GX. There is not. There is no such thing. So that dispels that rumor. It is just the G Pro. That's it. Hmm. You gonna try it? Uh, you know. Yes, you will. Who are you kidding? Uh, <laughs> I'm really torn. Why? Why would I want to, or why would I not? Why would you want to? Well, because Nick likes to fiddle. Okay. I actually yeah, can same. come up with some reasonable things. I think it's cool because the being able to tune it off of, you know, iOS, Android, mm -hmm. and or Windows is pretty freaking cool. I find it with how loaded the team is now as far as, you know, pilots, actual pilots. This is the first flybarless system for like brand new one that they've done since they loaded that team yeah. up. That all those guys have been involved with. Yeah, exactly. They've all been yeah. involved with this. I find it really hard to believe that they couldn't have all of that talent R&Ding stuff and come out with a unit that doesn't fly good. On the flip side to that, it makes me sketchy because it's still Align Electronics, which have not had the best track record for quality. Mm -hmm. So, there's my argument. Fair. 
spot. Unbalanced. Unbalanced. Fair and balanced. <laughs> valid. Yep, valid. Good to go. Wow, no <laughs> no Justin rebuttal, huh? No, I was playing devil's advocate. Uh, if you had listened to the show that you weren't at like a month ago when I did the news, we talked about the G Pro, and I was actually pretty excited to see what they were going to come up with because I kind of feel the same way. I mean, I, I'm of the opinion that they've got to figure it out eventually, mm-hmm. and Align's been doing some pretty good stuff lately. So maybe this is the one, especially with how big the team is. Yeah. But I do have yeah. a similar fear, which is can they actually pull it off from an electronics manufacturing and quality control standpoint? See, I think they, it's not a question of can, it's just will they? It's, I, I just, I don't like their accepted failure rate is a lot higher than some other manufacturers accepted failure rate. And that's what bothers me. It's not a question. Well, is it though? Is in that the, true, with to or percentage? is it just a fact that a lot more people fly a line, so yeah. you hear about it more? Well, that that's fair. You know, and I, I mean, we all know that and Contronics and Scorpions fail too. Oh, heck but yeah. what we hear about is Castle. Why? Because people <laughs> probably fly Castle two or three to one against all the other brands. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I'm, I'm not going to try it in case you were wondering. I'm, I'm going to keep my eyes on it. I'm not going to, you know, if it comes up and people are like, dude, this is actually awesome. I am not going to take a closed minded view and I would be potentially willing to try. Do we know when it comes out? Is it out? God, it's gotta be getting, no, I don't think it's out yet, but God, it's gotta be getting close. I mean, a line usually doesn't. And yeah, I mean, usually once they announce stuff, it's coming out pretty quick. My guess would be at Urcha. That I mean, that would make sense. Like yeah, for sale. Yeah, that at Urcha. that does make sense. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's all I got for news. Anybody else got anything? Oh, I don't here. have any news, man. Mm. I think we're overdue for Compass news. Yeah, come on, man, make something up. We had fun doing that the other day. Are are, are we going to see a Compass 8HV? Probably not, Justin. <sighs> he's not, not. He's not playing along, Justin. He's not. Alrighty. Well, considering it's only been a few out of, you know, a few days, uh, I guess that's all right. So this week's news, guys, or this uh, you know this this little news segment, <laughs> it's brought to you by <laughs> HallieDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. So guys, got a question for you. Where is your one-stop shop for high-powered motors, upgrade performance parts, and of course, some sexy bling for nearly any model of heli? Definitely kdedirect.com. That's right. So whether you want to turn your heli into a performance machine or you just want it to stand out a little bit, visit kdedirect.com for all your upgrade needs. So we had um, the man, the myth, the legend, Bert Gammer, good friend of the show, comes on every now and again. And yet again, everybody but Justin kind of pissed out on us there. Didn't oh. show up. Man, yeah. Yet again. Just Dan and I. What do you got to say for yourself? Getting the job done. 
Yeah, we're we're looking at you. You too. I'm pretty sure you changed our time, Dan. Is that what I, I did? recall? I told you to be there at seven, and it was actually at six. No, yep. it was more like you told us to be on Friday. It was actually on Saturday. Oh, is that what is that what I did? I'd, A little more extreme. That's probably. That sounds like. I'm something. pretty sure I was sufficiently dedicated to make it work either way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And then the Nick was uh, just saying absent as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, some, sometimes this is good though, Dan, because now I get to enjoy the interview and have no idea what's going to happen. That's right. That's true. Well, very. And my good wife still point. likes me because it was her birthday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There is that. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a reasonable excuse. Fair and balanced. Yeah, and we'll give you that and balanced. <laughs> All righty, guys. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and play this Burt Camera interview. Uh, hope you enjoy it. We'll be back right after this. Precision, speed, torque, and power. We'd expect nothing less out of a servo put on the market by a guy that pushes his equipment to the absolute limits flight after flight. If they're good enough for Bert, then they're good enough for me. BK Servos. Keeping my heli feeling connected. www.bkservo.com Justin, guess who we have with us tonight? Never going to believe it. Who, dude? Bert Kammerer. No way. Bert Kammerer. No way. Really? BK. Yeah. BK. What's up? How you guys What's doing? going on, dude? Uh, everything is going on. Uh, I, I how see, are you guys doing? I saw some pictures. You're building a hangar for your plane. What's going on there? It's not a hangar for the plane. It's a shop. <laughs> For the business. No, it's uh, it's a little bit of everything. Yeah, it's like the headquarters. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, it's about time to kind of move things out of the house a little bit and uh, start having a place where I can, uh, you know, do some of my work. And, uh, you know, we're doing the BK stuff and we're doing the Spartan stuff and we got other lines in the works. And, you know, I still do a lot of R&D and a lot of work for SAB. So it was about time to kind of start being a little bit more serious and not just turning the house into a complete, you know, <laughs> wrench room and uh, slash office slash sales and marketing place. Huh. So, you know, it kind of works well. It's uh, the hangar is a great place because it not only allows me to put my own plane in there, but it uh, it it's uh, it's at a really nice remote uh, little airport that has plenty of room to fly. Mm-hmm. So so I love. Oh, nice. Yeah, so it's just great because, you know, I can have my shop there with everything I need. And then if I'm doing testing of some sort or, you know, working on something, I can literally, like, step outside and fly. Um, And I can do that in the privacy of a place where it's, you know, not necessarily a true, you know, club or flying field. Which, Mm -hmm. you know, the field is great, but, you know, sometimes when you're really trying to do something more privately or um, especially when I try to do, like, videos um, instructional videos or things like that, or promotional videos, it's really difficult to do it at the field. Um, because as you guys know, you know, the only field that I have, I guess you could say close to my place is torches. 
And as you guys know, Torches is really, really busy all the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so trying to go to Torches to do a video or to do some kind of serious testing, it's almost quite not possible, you know? So, so yeah, it's just, just a great, uh, great little hole where I can just go and, and take care of my business and, uh, and, and it serves as a dual purpose place. So it's just a, just a great idea, you know, kind of, uh, popped out of nowhere. I had a, a, a friend of mine that, uh, it's actually in the helis that owns a plane, uh, had a hangar there and he said, Hey, you should come and check it out. Cause, uh, you know, the, the owner is really cool and they're very inexpensive and you can build your own shop there. And, you know, <laughs> this guy flies, um, <laughs> this guy flies a, uh, a jet, like, uh, uh, like an RC jet, you know, like a, oh, like, yeah. like a big mm-hmm. RC jet. And dude, he takes off and lands off of the taxiway. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's how laid back this place is. It's just a private airport. So it's, it's far away from the city. Um, there's nobody around. It's just, you know, it's just a great private place. So it works, works well. Excellent. And it's really inexpensive. That's great. So yeah. Yeah. So we got lots to cover because there's lots going on with you. So we're going to start, we're going to start uh, with your, with BK servos. Now, uh, I've been flying a set of BK servos in my goblin for quite some time. And I want to say thank you, Bert, for sending me a set. I got a set in my nitro. You and, like them? Uh, oh, dude. They're great. Well, I'm glad you like them. A <laughs> lot of people tend to think, oh, they're not brushless. Oh, I don't want them. But we're uh, going to, we're going to talk a little bit about oh, that too. Yeah. Let's do that. But, uh, first I want to make a few mentions. First of all, uh, BK servos, uh, you know, you guys sponsor a show. We completely appreciate that. It's awesome to have your support. And uh, also to thank you. I, I know Jesse, I guess, is going to be doing a review on some BK servos here soon. Yeah, so yeah. that's right. So that's awesome. And we already got them in the mail. Thank you, Susie, for shipping so amazingly fast, she, by the way. She runs the show. Without her, you'd be you'd be in pieces. <laughs> wouldn't you? Uh, absolutely <laughs> right. She, she does run the show. Um if it wasn't for her, none of this stuff would happen, to be honest with you. Because you, you'd be living we, outside of back behind a McDonald's waiting, yeah, waiting I mean, for dinner I, every night. You know, I'm very technically oriented and I'm good at marketing, but when it comes to taking care of the little details and the bookkeeping and uh, all that kind of stuff, she's just unbelievable. I mean, she keeps everything very well organized and everything taken care of. And uh, definitely without her, this, this would not be possible. So that's definitely a true fact. So let's go into a little bit uh, about these brushless and cordless servos. I know you mentioned to me a while ago you wanted to kind of clear the air on that topic. You wanted to kind of kind of give everybody your thoughts on that. So go ahead and, and tell us, okay, BK servos are cordless, right? Yeah, I mean, the ones that are available to the market right now are. You know, I don't want to make turn this into a long story, but I mean – it would be interesting to kind of give you feedback or a little bit of background information. I'll do it as quickly as I can about, about the reason why these things are coreless. Um, the whole idea of the BK servo came about because, um, I was testing the goblin 500 and, you know, it uses midsize servos. You know, I guess we call them mini, they call them midi in Europe, but, you know, I need, I needed a good servo to test the machine and every servo that I came across was just either too slow, not enough torque. It, it, they just, they just didn't work. You know, your typical midsize servo, they just, they all mm-hmm. literally sucked. I mean, some of them were good, but really not enough power, not enough torque, not enough speed. So somebody said, well, you should check out the RJX servos. Well, I checked them out and I was like, oh, these are cool. Cause these are like midsize, but 
they have a full size motor in them. And so maybe they, they're faster. And I was really impressed with them, but there were a couple of things I didn't like about them, particularly, um, had to do with like, um, dead band and, and some other stuff like that. They just, they just didn't seem to, to center very well. And it just didn't feel as locked in as I would have liked. So I reached out to the manufacturer and said, Hey, which by the way, um, a lot of people think RJX is made by RJX. It's not made by another company. RJX is just an OEM product as well. But uh, I reached out to the manufacturer and said, hey, you know, can we make these changes to the servos? And the manufacturer had actually suggested, well, why don't we make a brand for you? <laughs> so that's kind of like how it got started. It was basically an idea that revolved around having a good servo for a mid-size servo for the Goblin 500. And, you know, SAB was interested. They wanted to do some kind of combo. So it kind of worked really well. Obviously, once that servo was released and it made it to the market, then a lot of people started asking, well, are you going to make a full size? Are you going to make a full size? So went ahead and designed a case and kind of worked with the manufacturer to, to make a full size servo. And that's when the whole consideration about brushed or brushless came about. The original mid size servo was brushed because, again, that was just a, sort of a pre-existing servo that just had some changes made, you know, made to it. Um, but when it was time to do the full size, it was time to basically just make a servo from the ground up. And, uh, I always, let's talk about brush brushless. Now I've always been a fan of brush servo. I always have. And true. They do use a little bit more power, but they have noticeably faster response to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, there's some technical stuff that we can get into if you want to, but the bottom line is. Every brush servo that I've always flown has outperformed the brushless servo. It's not as efficient when it comes to the amount of current they use. Of course not. And they're not going to last this long. But with that being said, the JRDS8717HV, which is made for the U.S. market, mm -hmm. is a $200 retail servo. With that being said, it's an excellent servo. It has a superb design. Um, the gears are great. Centers extremely well. It's like the dead band is practically optimized for anything out there. Super fast, great torque. Guess what? It's a coreless servo. It's not a brushless servo. So I have some JR8717HVs that I've run on Oh my God, back from the, my early T-Rex days when that servo first came out for the first time that have went from a T-Rex Nitro to a T-Rex 700 electric and then onto a Goblin first generation and onto a Goblin competition that where I've probably logged over 2000 plus flights and they're still going strong. So when people say, well, they, they're not going to last this long. Well, define what do you want your servo to last you, <laughs> you know, really. Um, when people talk about, you know, they use more current, well, define what you mean by use current. I mean, we're supposed to be running a decent, beefy, powerful BEC. Um, you know, so, I mean, there's, there's pros and cons like anything else, but obviously the cost of coreless is, is, is less and the overall feel in the air to me, it seems to be even better than brushless. So 
that was it just made sense to make a servo that was economical that people could purchase for less than a hundred dollars that would have the performance and and uh, and the the numbers uh, performance wise and 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 uh, feature wise that you find in servos that are selling for 150 dollars or more and, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what i went after and i and i think i i i nailed it i mean i i'm so far very pleased you know with the results and, and i've received nothing but positive feedback yeah. so that's what's incredible about the servos is the performance is amazing and the price is awesome because we get kind of wrapped up sometimes we end up sometimes yeah. thinking we need really expensive servos and, and you know i'm not gonna lie to you i mean there's some parts that could be made better um if if i had the ability to make the servo more expensive but i really carefully examined the pros and cons of making I'll give you an example. I've never stripped a gear, okay? Um, I've yet to strip a gear on the full size. I have on the on the mid size, but on the full size, I've yet to strip a gear. And but I know that the gear material is not is not the best it can be. Mm-hmm. In other words, is it going to strip in the air? No. Is it going to have issues? No. Could it be stronger? Yes. You know what I mean? But but there's a few things like that that I found were good compromises to to the price versus performance or you know the the overall value the overall package you know what i mean mm-hmm. you know i could have made you, you know i could have came out with like the best gear material you can come up with and 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 the best of everything and maybe make the servo 140 150 dollars but I, I thought that some of these compromises were actually a good deal because they weren't really compromising uh the the overall quality of the product they weren't really compromising the durability of the product but they were just compromises that were well, well, that were well worth it um, to to come up with with the package under a hundred dollars. And you know, I'm sure somebody else will beat me to the punch. But so far, modesty aside, there isn't. And I'm not saying this because I make the server. You know, I'm associated with the server. It has my name on it. But I really strongly believe so far there isn't a server out there that you can buy for that kind of money that will give you the performance that you will get out of that servo. So. I'm really happy with it. Now, with that being said, for the people that love the brushless, we will have brushless for them too. <laughs> we have to. It's funny because I was testing brushless about two weeks ago, and uh, Bobby, Bobby or somebody, I forgot who it was, showed up and started giving me all this crap about it. It's like, really? You're now going to fly brushless? I said, dude, I just got to do what people want, you know? Um, you know, I still will continue, honestly, to fly my, my cordless servos, but I will eventually have, you know, a brushless option out there. Um, and I'm trying to come up with a good package again as well so that the price is also very competitive. But, uh, but, but if it were up to me, I would just, I, if on my personal helicopters, I mean, I might have one machine with the brushless to showcase them, but for the most part, I'm going to continue to fly the cordless because I just, I just like them. I mean, they, there's something about them that just gives me, they, they feel more, they have like a better response. I, I don't even know how to explain it. I mean. Yeah, I mean, have- it. it's, it's, so I, I, I want to jump in here because this is something that I feel pretty strongly about too, Bert. And, and for the record, I mean, it's cool to hear you're going brushless with the BK line, but I still hope, I mean, when I saw you release the BK coreless, my first thought was, hey, this might be the opportunity to get the the industry or get the hobbyist 
up to speed on what the benefits of a cordless are, because I think brushless is one of those catchphrases and Mm -hmm. people just buy into it because, well, a brushless motor's got to be better than a brushed motor. But at the end of the day, because it's a because when you look at a brush motor that's coreless, since you don't have all of the the iron core in there, the exactly. rotor is a whole hell of a lot lighter, which means it's able to accelerate a lot quicker. A lot and quicker, absolutely. When, when mean, we're talking that's about the technical these stuff that we were going to discuss. And you yeah. just nail it. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but yeah. No, I, no, I, no. I, you're fine. And I mean th- that I think that's the key when you say I feel something. I can't quite put my finger on it, but it feels crisper or whatever. I think it's because it accelerates to full speed a whole hell of a lot faster than a brushless. So the motion feels more linear, more smooth. And I don't, people think, oh, well, coreless, it's going to fail after 200 flights. No way, man. You know, 500, 1,000 or more. And then let's face it. How many people actually live out the true life of a set of servos? And But this is, this is why I made the prime. This is why I gave you guys the example of the JRDS uh, uh, 8717 HV. I am not lying. I'm telling you, I, I swear on my mother that is ill that that servo i have some of those servos that for sure have over 2000 flights on them and they're still going and the thing is they don't advertise the fact that they're not brushless you know and people i don't didn't know the, that actually until you just mentioned it i thought yeah, they and, were brushless and people don't seem to question that they are what you know what they are if they're brushed or brushless but but also people think brushless is better like you just said before because people are just accustomed to hearing, you know, I, I guess they're making the comparison to just an electric motor, mm-hmm. um, you, you know, when it has really nothing to do with that, because, you know, people think it's a brush motor. It's not really the brush motors we had, you know, 10 years ago or even five years yeah. ago. It's, it's not it's like we're poorly. talking about putting a brushed motor in our 700 sized heli. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but I, I do agree with you. And, and obviously and the cost of manufacturing is cheaper, so you you can you you can you know make a servo that is less expensive, and and I think that's important because people are are uh, conscious of of their spending you know these days, and they just don't want to overspend if they don't need to. Um, mm-hmm. So I think I think that that was the main reason, and I thought the servo had really good performance. So why bother with the brushless? But again, nonetheless, there's so many people asking for brushless. And it's sort of a nonstop thing. Lots of people want brushless. So why not? We'll do brushless as well. You know, yep. nothing wrong with that. When do you think those brushless are going to be on the market, Bert? Can you say? Um, not yet, to be honest with you. Um, I'm pretty close to being done. But as always, you, you run into a couple of issues here and there during testing. So mm-hmm. I've made a couple of changes. I really couldn't say. I mean, it's certainly, I'm aiming for Urcha time. I mean, for sure. You know, it's not going to be a long, long time. But, you know, unfortunately, I wouldn't say unfortunately, but now I'm going to gonna be out of town for almost a month. So that <laughs> that slows down everything. You know, I have to put yep. things on hold to go take care of other things. So, but I, I'm, try, I'm trying to get them out. I mean, I have, I have the, the, the servo working really well. I'm just now testing more of the, the 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 long-term reliability of the servo versus the the actual performance of the servo and and that is mm-hmm. the hardest part 
part to task because you know a lot of people tend to think that yeah you can put mount the servo on some kind of testing device and you can just test the servo for hours and hours and yeah that kind of works but i i i'm old school man i like the 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 real testing you know i take about 20 to 30 test uh subjects and i just give them servos and have them fly them um you know as much as they can and then give me feedback in addition to just the 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 more traditional testing bench testing you know i like to do the actual real real life testing as well mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. that takes a little bit of time to do so but uh try, trying to get it done before which i think it'll happen i'm pretty sure it will cool excellent so let's uh there's there's a new fly barless unit in town and you guys are handling it down there the spartan vortex give us yeah, your, give us your thoughts man it's been out for a while, but, uh, but nobody's ever, you, you know, nobody's really done much to, to do anything to promote it. Uh, <laughs> well, because there's already other fiberless systems out there that are doing really well. So I guess it's been kind of neglected, but, um, no, I mean, it's, uh, Susie and I started doing the distribution for Spartan in the U S and, uh, you know, they, they make the vortex fiberless system and, uh, um, I'm really happy about it. I'm, I really like it a lot. I, uh, you know, as you guys know, I've, I've been flying V bar for a long time and I did the, the brain slash icon thing for a little bit and, uh, kind of went back to the V bar again. Um, and, uh, and then just, I just decided to try, you know, Angelos, the owner of Spartan had been after me for actually a couple of years, just you know, I'm, I'm about to release a flabberless unit. I'd like for you to try it. And, no, no, thanks. And then like, I just released it. I'd like for you to try it. No, no, thanks. And then six months later, well, it's been out for like six months. I'd like for you to try it. No, no, thanks. And so finally we hooked up like late last year and I said, sure, like send me a sample. I want to try it. I tried it and it, uh, it worked well, but it wasn't really what I was hoping it, it would be. I talked to him and he said, no, but I'm working on this new version. It's called version three. It's got all these things going. And so I started kind of testing that new version three and, and man, it, it had a lot of promise. So I work with them pretty much day and night, nonstop for like three months straight, two months straight, kind of got that version three going to where it's really, really nice. I really liked it um, to the point where I made a trip to Germany to attend an event there called Roto Life in, in February. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I like this thing a lot. He said, well, do you guys want to like, you know, be in business together? I said, sure. So we kind of started the distribution here in the U.S. But uh, it's a really nice unit. It's not very expensive. You know, it's priced like most other units out on the market. It's like 225 bucks for the nano version. Um, it has some really, really nice uh, sensors in it. Unlike many other systems, this thing has like the top of the line digital sensing sensors you know like give you an example it's the same sensor that like v-bar uses on the on their silver line full-size v-bar so it's ah, some, some okay. really high quality stuff um and you know you don't need a computer to use it although computer software is about to be released anytime but normally you program it with a device called a data pod you just plug in the data pod and do all the programming that way it works with most protocols from jr and of course the futaba s bus and even the new Grotner stuff and, uh, you know, of course, you know, Spectrum, the SM2, the SMX, all that stuff. Um, it's, it's a great unit. I'm really, really happy with it. Really, really enjoying it. What's the retail on that? 
Um, 225 for the nano version. And then you need to buy on top of that the programmer, right? Yeah, that's kind of like the backdrop of it. You have to buy the, the data pod. Um, you can buy a combo, which includes the, the unit and the data pod itself for like, um, Susie's the one that handles, handles the pricing, but I think it's like 260 or something like that. But then once you own the data pot, then, you know, you only need one. It's not like, although I know a guy that has one data pot for every unit he has, but, <laughs> but, but you really, no, he does for real, but you only really need one data pot um, to program all your, all your vortex, vortices. How would you call it? Vortex, vortexes? Yeah. Vor- vortices, <laughs> vortexes. <laughs> <laughs> But um, no, I'm serious. There's a guy that has a data pot for every unit he has because he likes to, he 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 puts the data pot on the helicopter, so that he can just walk up to it and like make some changes or whatever, you know? Because the the data pot is really small, so you can literally plug it into your vortex and you can double side double side tape it to the helicopter and then you can just, I don't know, make changes to the helicopter with the data pot. But, but I mean, but I, I, that's just being a little bit obs- obsessive. I mean, I, I just plug and unplug the same data pot and use it on all the helicopters, you know? So True. the new, the new software you just talked about, uh, that's soon to be out. Is there a, an ETA on that? No, it's already out. Oh, it, it is was, out. Uh, the software. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was out by, I think, uh, end of February, somewhere or oh. early March. Okay. Yeah. It's been a couple of months, month and a half, somewhere in there kind of lost in time, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's been out for a while, and uh, um, it's all you have to do. You know, for people that bought a unit before the software was released, they just plug it into a computer and just do a firmware update. Um, which you know, I've heard from a couple of people that they're afraid to do it because they're afraid it might break their unit. Because you know, there's people that have this issue with firmware upgrades. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. um, good thing about this unit is um, the the bootloader does not get updated until after the firmware has been sent to the unit itself. Mm-hmm. So there's no possible way you can break this unit by doing a firmware update. Um, if it fails, you can unplug it. It will fail to boot, but if you plug it into the computer and, and send the update again, it'll actually flash the unit properly. So there's no risk of breaking the unit if the firmware fails to load for some X or Y reason, computer locks up or whatever. So it's a pretty cool unit. It's re- really, really cool. Are there plans for an internal gov? There is an internal governor already, but it's only compatible with night. Oh, you're a nitro guy. There you go. It's <laughs> actually a super awesome. And I'm not saying this because I am again, you know me, dude. I when I say something is cool, it's cool. This governor is awesome because it is to me. It's one of the best governors that was ever made for a nitro machine. Uh, do you remember, like, were you around back in the flybar days, mm-hmm. nitro flybar days? Yep. You you heard of Spartan before. Oh, I mean, yeah, you, sure. Yeah. You must remember the DS760 and the Absolutely. fork and all that. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, and you remember those gyros were, like, kick-ass. They yes. were really good. Yep. They well, were the gyro. Yeah, the owner of the company, Angelos, he was working on this, like, governor that was, like, freaking awesome. And... I remember I helped them test this thing. I mean, this was like going to be a, a self, uh, how do you call it? Just, just, just a governor, like a self-contained, you know, governor unit for nitros, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, um, do you remember the multi-gov? From yes. Mm-hmm. Well, it was going to mm-hmm. be kind of like the same idea. You know, it's a governor for nitro made by Spartan. 
And a lot of the guys tested this thing and it was great. But what happened was this, it was kind of getting ready to release. And then I, I think there were some issues in the company with partnerships. Anyway, the, the, the thing ended up not being released. And by the time the project was getting ready to release, wasn't worth it because this is now the time when nitros are kind of going away, especially in Europe, you know, and, and it's more an electric thing. And he didn't think that releasing a, a, a governor like that would actually sell. So, but he had the whole development all done on the side. It was ready to go. So when, the, when he finally released the Vortex blobberless system, he just put in the, the nitro governor into the system. So the governor works awesome. It's super great. The only, the only issue with it is just that you, it's, there's, it doesn't have an electric governor. It's only made for nitro machines. Um, but with that being said, there will be an electric governor available as well in the future, of course. Um, that's more of a, a function of the software and how, how it works. That, that will be available in the future uh, via a firmware update. So, so guy yeah, I think that's something that a lot of people are looking forward oh, to. Yeah. Nick has been waiting yeah. to try the Spartan uh, for when the electric governor comes out. So, I wonder, like, is it because they're running, like, what's the deal? Like, I don't understand why a lot of people seem to like the electric. Is it just because they're not happy with their speed controller governors or? Yeah, I think in general, yeah. in general, people are not pleased with any of the speed controller governors other than the Contronic. Yeah, that makes sense. And so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't mind myself, but it'll be interesting to see. That I mean, is I, really cool, though. I fly Contronic now, and I love their governor. It just rocks. It's awesome. It's but, still my my standard. I, I I've not flown a governor yet that flies as good as it. It's amazing. I, I, I do agree. But with that being said, you know, I used to fly Castle for years and years, and I always flew their governors. I mean, is it as good as Contronic? No, but if you tweak it and you make it, you can make it work pretty well. Um, mm -hmm. But then on the other token, I don't have a whole lot of experience with flybarless system governors because for example i never really used the vbar governor when i flew the vbar never I oh never, okay i might have tried somebody else's or something but i never really i used it for nitro because back in the day i was still flying a line and of course i had a t-rex then i went to outrage and then i had a, a, a velocity 90 nitro and so i was flying vbar so of course i used the vbar governor for the nitro for the nitros but with the electrics i always i always thought it was too much complication running the phase sensor and you know, one more thing that can fail and uh, more setup <laughs> you know i yep. just wanted just, to just keeping it simple yeah 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 exactly exactly did you ever mess around uh when you were doing the icon brain thing did you mess around with the governor on the icon no i don't think i did and the honest to be honest with you i i, I would not remember because the whole time that I flew that unit, uh, it's kind of a blur to me right now because the owner of MSH, Corrado, flew to Orlando. Um, I think this would have been May of 2012 and uh, before the brain came out. And uh, he flew here. He spent a full week here. And we went to the field and he had an, a, a guy helping him. And it was testing after testing. I mean, we, I'm not exaggerating. Some days I flew over 80 flights to 100 flights a day. I'm not wow. kidding. The true Damn. story. 
we were at the field at 7 a.m. We're out of the field at 7 p.m. every day for like seven days straight. And uh, we, you know, we had like five helicopters and like 10 batteries. It was ridiculous. We had one guy loading batteries and I was just flying and flying and giving my feedback. And he would get on Skype with the developer, Thomas from France. And developer would make a change and would try it again, try it again, try it again. It was nonstop. So I honestly don't remember. <laughs> um, I don't think we messed with the governor. I think the governor wasn't ready yet when i did the testing on the brain so um because yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm having really good luck with that governor on my icon units does it work well i think it works pretty well yeah yeah I, i've heard that that uh i mean again people swear by by the electric you know uh uh even by the but by the v-bar governor as well i mean uh, a lot of the guys in my field run the the governor off of the v-bar or off of whatever unit they're running and they they just don't use the the esc governor so i know that angelos is planning on releasing that for the vortex for sure um that's i believe the top of the list priority wise right now is finishing the computer software because a lot of people want the computer software um and then after that will be the electric governor so it's coming sooner than later i mean we're talking just a handful of months if that not a whole long you know not a long time Oh, nice. Good. That's yeah. cool. You know, guys, one of the best things about being in our position is the ability to give back to our listeners. And lucky for us, Gensace Batteries shares the same ideas. Just for you, they're offering a 10% discount code on all their batteries. That's right, guys. So head over to www.hobbyparts.com. Enter in the code RCHN10 at checkout to get that 10% discount on your next order. So as a guy who's flown lots of different flybarless systems, give us an idea of what it is about the Vortex. Um, you know, we've talked about a, a few of the points, but what was it? What is it about that unit that you really like? I mean, what, what's your favorite part of that unit? Well, I, I've tried. I mean, practically almost everything there is out there. And I don't really want to say anything bad about any system because they're all have their goods and their bads. You know what mm, I mean? Like, yeah. there's no such oh, thing yeah. as the perfect system. But for me, um, when I started flying this new version 3, there was just something that I cannot explain, to be honest with you. There's something about the feel of it. The Spartan works on a uh, what he calls a, a true flybar simulator. So you have a setting there called a style, which in some other flybarless systems, it just makes the helicopter more loose or more tight or whatever. In the Spartan, it actually changes the way the algorithm um, works in the sense that the lower the style, the more flybar-like the machine is. The higher the style, the more synthetic, more flybarless-like the machine is. And when I mean more flybar-like, not just the overall feel, but it'll actually do stupid stuff like a fly bar helicopter would like it will pull to the side or do just stupid stuff but if you find the right setting to where it's not too synthetic not too fly bar less like but not too fly bar like it gives you a pretty natural feel at least to me but you know how it is like dan it's when i try to when somebody asks me like and i'm there at the field you know i i usually have i have them fly it you know i'll body box them or something Mm-hmm. If I don't trust a person, just so that they can feel it, because it's so hard to explain the feel of a certain thing. You know what I mean? It's like it's subjective. It, it, oh, yeah, dude, it's, it's so absolutely. subjective. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's exactly because what I like, you might not like. That right. doesn't mean 
oh, I can't tell people you have to buy this system tomorrow because, you know, I like it. That means you're going to like it. <laughs> it's, it's not an objective. It's not something that's, yeah, like you said, it's very subjective. It's like, how, how do you, you know, it doesn't mean that because I like it, you'll like it. And the feel is very specific to a unit. Um, there's units that are phenomenal that work really well that I fly and I, and I, and there's certain things I look for in a flabberless system in terms of behavior. Um, you know, if there's any bounce back, for example, or, or for example, on aileron, how they do on fast forward flight, if they have any pitch up tendencies, you know, if you do consecutive flips, if it accelerates as you pick up speed or slows down, or if it whips the way a telegyro used to do, if it whips on the on the L elevator or the aileron you know there's a lot of things i look for but there's one thing that you cannot explain that it's just the overall feel um and and again even though there's units out there that don't have any bad tendencies and when you do all these tests of things that i'm looking for to see if there's a bad tendency none of them it, you know it all it all checks out there's still something about the field that just doesn't please me you know mm -hmm. what i mean yeah mm -hmm. and and i can't say it's a bad unit because it's not it's a great unit there's just because you'll I'll hand the transmitter to somebody else and be like, oh, this is awesome. It's a very subjective thing and you can't explain it unless you try it. So with that being said, you know, the only thing I can pitch in for in terms of the Spartan unit being great is, you know, it, it has it has the backing of a company that has been in business for a long time. They were basically the leading manufacturer of telegyros back in the day. The guy is extremely passionate about uh what he does um he's he's a, a workaholic i mean this is a guy that does nothing but breathes sleeps eats the spartan stuff and uh and he's super smart guy i mean it's the guy that worked for like some particle accelerators in the uk and stuff i mean he's not a dumb dude <laughs> and uh and he's got a lot of good ideas and a lot of positive um feedback and he uses the feedback even the negative feedback to to improve on the product so, I mean, with that being said, I think it's a, it's a unit that has a lot of potential, a lot of potential. I mean, it, it, it's already there. I think it's, it's doing great, but I think it'll do even better in the future um, with, with new software and, and new possibilities. Well, you know, so, one thing that we like to see definitely is continued support of a unit. I, Obviously, that's going to be there. And, and continued improvement, too. Like, that's a big thing, too. A lot of these guys come out with something, and then they just stagnate. Yeah, and, and it's I, nice and I to see I, that. I wish I could just tell you guys like all the stuff that I'm excited about because Angelos has got some of these unbelievable ideas for the future. Obviously, I can't talk about them, but all I can tell you is that there's going to be a lot of cool stuff coming out of Spartan in terms of functionality, compatibility with other devices. Just it's just there's a lot of stuff on the book, and and even more exciting than that. Just just wait till Urcha. Um, the first big thing probably happens at Urcha, so it's just it's taking a little bit longer to, I guess you could say to to make a, a big impact. Because to be honest with you, and, and you know going back to to Angelos, he's a very smart guy. He's, he's doing the best he can, and I think he's getting he, he has a really good product in in the works, but he just doesn't have you know, he's not a multi-million dollar company. He doesn't have all the support that, you, you know, somebody, you know, it's not been in business in flabberless business like Mikado has been for 10 years now. Doesn't have mm -hmm. the big pockets that other companies had to promote stuff like Horizon, like others like that. And he just needs a network of good people to help him. But as far as the, the product itself and the potential that it has, I think it has it. And, and you guys hopefully will 
we'll we'll see it in the future. We will all see it in the future. So I'm I'm really excited about it. I think it's a it's a it's a very promising thing. Um, also, remember a company that specializes in Labarless and like gyro products and stuff like that. He doesn't make a helicopter. You know, right. there's not he's not yep. competing against anybody in terms of and from that point of view. He's just dedicating himself in the business strictly to improving on this flyboardless system right. and mm -hmm. obviously providing the support. So it's a cool deal. So I got to ask you a question and you can choose to answer it or not. And maybe there's uh -oh. not even anything behind it, but uh, uh -oh. there was a bit of, um, like, I, you know, chatter. Yeah. When we saw you post on Facebook uh, uh, a while ago, it, a lot of people, the, the chatter that I was hearing was, man, that's really abrupt and kind of weird when Bert makes an, the announcement that he's no longer flying for Mikado uh, for V-Bar. <laughs> I mean, I, I honestly, I, it, I find it really funny because people always try to make a big story out of something really right, small. Right. And you know, Mikado made some changes in the U.S., and there was a lot of uncertainty going on. Mm -hmm. Ready Heli shut down. You know, that was quite a surprise to everybody. Yes, wasn't it? I mean, yes. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, my wife and I worked there, and, you know, we all left back in the day for reasons not worth talking about. But, but you know, they had a really good crew going on there in the last, last year of operation. You know, I, I believe the company had been sold to a new owner. You know, they were doing really well, and uh, and all of a sudden, it was a big surprise. There was a lot of uncertainty um, when it came to what was going to happen with Mikado in the United States, and I never flew for Mikado, ever. You know what I mean? I was not a Mikado pilot. I was just getting V-bars, and, you know, I, I did have some, get some help from them. I can't deny that in the in the form of a few free units, but to be honest with you, Two-thirds of the units I had, I paid for myself at full price. So it's not like I was a sponsor pilot getting a paycheck or contributing to their team. And I wasn't also allowed to give any feedback because, you know, they have their own Mikado team. And, you know, I was an outsider because, you know, I'm flying for SAB. So, you know, I, I wasn't really contributing to their R&D or well, doing that. That, and, that begs the question, why did you make that announcement then? Did you just feel it was important for people that were into what you were doing new or because if you're not a member of the team or affiliated with them, why did you feel compelled to tell the world that you weren't flying them anymore? To avoid um, the controversy of it later becoming, oh, now he's doing this because they're paying him more. Or now, uh, you know, it's just, just a basic uh, thing. Yeah. It was it was honestly one night I was sitting down here and I had already stopped flying V bar for like a week or something. And I was talking to Susie, my wife, and I said, you know, it, I've tried cause I was trying other units and I, not to mention the names, but you know, I tried a couple of units that day and I was like, you know, I try this and that. And I just, I, I didn't really care for them or whatever. He's like, what are you going to do with this whole V bar thing? I'm like, what do you mean? It's like, are you going to make an announcement or something? I'm like, no, she's like, well, you probably should. I'm like, why? Because uh, people are just going to talk if you don't. <laughs> and, yeah, I remember exactly. and, I rem and I remember telling her, people are going to talk if I do, and people are going to talk if I don't. <laughs> and she starts laughing. 
He's like, well, you should just post it. And that'll maybe if you do that, it'll open the door to like other, you know, it'll because, you know, generally when you do that, it kind of opens the door to other opportunities that that are normally hidden that are not there because other manufacturers think that you're tied up, you know, and, and that kind of makes sense. She's like, yeah. you know, if you want to try other stuff and, you know, you, you want to perhaps open the door to talking to other manufacturers, maybe you just the subtle way is just to put a post and say, hey, I'm not flying V-Bar anymore. Then it makes sense, you know, and I never thought of anything wrong. I just said due to recent changes in the USA, you know, and this and that, I decided to and man, before I knew it, everybody's like, what happened? Did yeah. somebody die? Did this? I was like, come on, man, don't. It's not, you know, I don't know. This hobby is so prone to drama. Oh, man. It's it's crazy. But I, I think you made the right choice because at least you could you could tell people on your own terms. If someone finds out three or four weeks later, there can be all sorts of drama threads going on on Facebook and the forums before you even know what's happening. Yeah, and exactly. I know how that works. I know exactly, exactly how that works. Do yeah. you? <laughs> I do know how that works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I you know, I just felt compelled to ask you that because that that was just one thing that struck me and I figured there was a reason and I I assumed that it was uh, a good reason. But uh, it was really it was really a no brainer in the sense that, you know, I just didn't even think like I never thought about the potential. I wasn't going to say anything. I was just sitting here like I remember that night because it was an evening and I was just sitting in front of my computer and she's the one that just are you going to make any announcements? And I'm like, why? <laughs> well, you're not going to fly that anymore. And you're probably going to show up flying something else. And, and then people are going to start talking. Yeah, yeah. And people yep. are going to start to say, well, I, I think people are going to talk anyway. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. And then I, a couple days later, when I saw this thing like going on, I told her, "See, I told you." <clears throat> she started to laugh. <laughs> I said, "Yeah, we both, you know, it's uh, it, it's it's funny because it's uh, it's just drama. It's just uh, like you said, this this hobby is prone to drama more than anything I've ever done in my life. I don't know why. Yep, I still I'm love it you. though, but <laughs> it doesn't I, take away from the fact that this is very you drama oriented." Know. I kind of refer to that group and and I don't mean any particular group in particular, but there is a vocal minority out there and it's just a small group of folks and from all over that can just with the stroke of a keyboard can cause this wave of drama that is just, it's, it's almost unstoppable, but it is unstoppable. Yeah. yeah it takes on a life of its it own. It does. It's a monster. <laughs> just, Even if then, the original but then, but, person that started it backs off, someone else is going to pick it up but then but then there is also the haters yeah and like and i mean it like i i I, and i really truly mean the haters you know there's those people that always wait for that opportunity to make that little comment you know to stir the 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 pot you know Mm -hmm. always always um example today i was watching a uh, a post from uh from uh rachel plant on facebook where she's just making a comment about a goblin speak that blew up in France during the uh, a demo during yep. the, the speak up in France, and and I'm reading and I'm reading this stuff and 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 all the comments that come along with it. And this guy says, "Well, isn't isn't that a goblin? That's what that's what all goblins do." I saw that same I comment did, I did too. That kind of stuff is so uncalled for. Like if you are a hater. You know, don't advertise to the world that you are a hater. Don't you agree? Why? You don't like the goblin, just don't fly it. But why make that comment? Just because you want to be cool? 
I don't understand it. Like, I'm not taking it. I don't care. I don't take things personal anymore. I kind of used to when I got started getting more and more involved. But I've learned to just ignore all those things because if you pay attention to them, they will drive you nuts. I'm getting better at it. I'm getting better I'm, at it. Dude, you, you have are, no idea dude. how good I'm at it. You could tell me, like, people said that I'm gay, and I, I wouldn't care. <laughs> just, <I'm> so <laughs> to, like, anything, just, just bring any topic up, man. I just, I'm so used to it. It's like, okay, whatever. Let them believe it, you know? But, but I mean, the bulk of the population in the hobby are good people. You know, oh, most yeah. people Absolutely. are. 99.9%. But like you said, it only takes a couple of them. And some of the ones that even make those stupid comments don't really mean it ill will. Sometimes they are just making, that's their dark sense of humor, which I have one, so I can kind of relate to that. But sometimes it just stirs the pot because then the hater, the true hater comes along and says something and it just goes from there, you know? Yeah, mm -hmm. it's uh, crazy. It gets, it gets thick sometimes, but yeah. Uh, Yep. I guess We're that's that. <laughs> I guess that's part of the game. <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah, but let's talk let's talk a little bit of speed. Let's uh let's move on here. Yeah, uh, let's talk about the speed that blew up today. Yeah, what uh what, what <laughs> happened there? Was that one of those uh were you talking about that uh that's that one that happened in France. Now Justin it did dude, I, I I know whose helicopter that was. Yeah. He's a super cool dude. But he's absolutely freaking crazy. So he, <laughs> I was being told by somebody when I was in Germany that this guy, the guy that had the explosion today, this guy has a goblin speed and he was running 16S. <laughs> but get this, hold on. 16S and like 3,000 head speed. <laughs> 3,000? Yes. And so, but listen, unboggable at 3,000. Unboggable. Like 16 or 17 degrees of collective, oh 3,000. Yeah. So, so this guy was running 3,000, and then he decided that the helicopter could go faster, but it needed more weight because it's not heavy enough. So he put, I think it was like one or one and a half pounds of weight on the nose of the helicopter somehow. I don't know how, because he was convinced that it would go faster that way. And it indeed flew faster <laughs> until it freaking blew up. Um, I think it broke the head block in half. It bent something stupid, like unheard of. Like I never. Wow. Yeah. But, so this explosion that just happened was so, at 3000 RPM. Well, I don't know what he was running today, but I know that this has happened before. So <laughs> I don't know how he's modified this setup ever since the first explosion. But maybe he's still running 3,000 with less weight. Maybe he's dropped. But my point is, is this guy runs setups that no helicopter could withstand. I mean, come on, you know? <laughs> I mean, I thought my speed was fast, but that thing was just ridiculous. I mean, you could probably get away with it twice, but eventually something's got to give, you know? Right, right. But, but going back to the... I guess, or, or resuming to the topic of speed machines, they're cool, man. I mean, a lot of people think that they're stupid. Everybody at my field hates them. They all see Seriously? Me yeah, man. Everybody sees me show up with a speed machine. They're like, oh, you brought that piece of junk again. What the fuck? Why? <laughs> say the bad word, but, but yeah, that's what everybody says. I don't know. They just, uh, if it's not a 3D machine, it's like they don't care, you know? And 
oh, it's stupid. It just goes like four or five. I'm like, dude, and they don't understand. There's a lot more to it than just the four. Oh, life. dude. Absolutely. Yeah, they, they, missed it. they missed the whole thing. They missed the point. Huh. Well, I got to say, I have I, not gotten my nerd on as hard in the last, <laughs> you know, four or so years, five years as I have since doing this Speed Heli review. I was impressed I, when I, I saw deep. Justin's. It's freaking yeah. awesome. Yeah, they are absolutely awesome. I really, you know what I like? I The flying is, I enjoy the flying too, but I like the tinkering to find the ways to make it faster. Mm-hmm. That That is, that is, I love that. You know, the more I do this hobby, you know, a lot of people miss the whole point about you know, where I'm at right now. I've done this for so long now that it's not that I don't enjoy the flying. I love to fly. Don't get me wrong. But I enjoy the R&D, the testing, the designing, the tinkering. You know, that's what I enjoy. And 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 the part about the speed flying that's so cool is, again, you, you can spend, you know, all, all kinds of time and, and, and researching ways and tinkering with it and making changes so that it flies faster. And... I mean, it's unbelievable. The tiny little details that you get, the, the, the small things that you could do to improve speed, you know, mm-hmm. and, and how difficult and challenging it is, too, at the same time. And, and then you have the flying, which is difficult and challenging, too, because it's not just I don't care what anybody says. It's not just for a flight. You know, it, it's more than that. I mean, it is, but it isn't. You, you really have to. Re- I mean, to do a good run you really have to be very precise and you have to be, you can't just, you know, most, you know, I don't mean this disrespectfully, but most of the guys at my flying field couldn't even do a speed run because they, they're just used to doing this. is just TikToks and flips and this. And then when it's time to do a nice straight line, they, they can't, you know? Oh yeah, man. It, it's I mean, that, I, I'd say that was probably one of the most profound discoveries for me personally while reviewing the goblin speed was you know you think about okay i want to go fast right well let me bolt on more power well no actually that's not the way it works i mean power only helps to a certain extent and at the end of the day i think it comes more down to skill and being precise on the sticks and getting the collective and the cyclic timed correctly when you drop into the run I mean, it, it's not as easy as people think it is. Mm-mm. And I mean, I've only been doing it now for a few months. You got people out there that are doing the full on competition and they can nail a, you know, a 200 meter pass straight as an arrow. Oh, my God. And, and then and then there's the and then there's the point about uh, finding the right setup, too. And you could do. You might need to do 25 or 30 or, I don't know, maybe 15 or a dozen, two dozen speed runs to find the right setup. Because if you have too much pitch, eventually as you start feeding that positive collective, you will actually slow down. Because you'll reach a point where you've reached your maximum four-speed efficiency um, thrust. And beyond that, you're actually slowing the machine down. And you can hear it. You can feel it. And developing that here in that field takes a lot of practice, man. And then you got to yep. come around, land it, because you only get two or three, maybe four passes out of a battery. Then you got to land and you got to adjust your collective and recharge. And then, you know, setting up your expo and making sure you're doing it right. I mean, it's not, it's, yeah, people underestimate the fact that it does, it's discipline. It does take some work. It's not as easy as just 
going there and just doing some forward flight. None of that. I mean, the the flying skill for that kind of flying is just as important as the machine itself. I I could never do speed. You want to know why? Mm -hmm. My eyes aren't good enough. I cannot follow that damn machine. It goes too far away. Yeah, we, we, we had a fun flight, Bert, in Othello, and that was the first time Dan and a number of other people got to see me fly it. And that was that was the universal statement is how the hell can you follow that thing, dude? It's moving so fast and it goes so high. I, it looks like a speck. Yeah, it does. And, you know, my eyes are not anywhere near as good as they used to be. I mean, I'm going to turn 43 here in a few weeks. And, You're an old uh, man. You're an old man. Yeah. I mean, I noticed, you know, my vision in the last two years. Well, I mean, not I mean, I don't know how, how old you are, Dan. You're younger than me, aren't you? One year. Yeah. Well, you probably notice, I mean, something happens, man, after 40s, like somebody's like moving some circuit breaker somewhere inside the head and your eyes just don't work the same. I mean, I can still see well, don't get me wrong, but I don't have the same vision I had when I was, when I was, you know, 30, no way, no Mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. And like you said, Justin, when that thing is coming fast, oh my God, you just, and then you pull up and it goes, it just goes. I mean, it goes four or 500 feet in no time, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. I love it. I'm, I'm freaking hooked. But I mean, I think that, (laughs) I think that it's a great discipline, you know, it's just never really picked up in the U S yet. Yeah. Yeah. It will. I think it will. I agree with you. I think for some reason, there's a, there's a group of people that are just completely anti, anti speed flying. And, and then, you know, and there's, there's people that show a little bit of interest, but I think that the more, the more the, the people are exposed to it, the more fascinated they will become with the discipline. Cause I think it's cool. Even if you don't do it competitively just for fun, I think it's cool. It's just cool to see a machine. I mean, come on, e- even 130, which is any goblin speed would do 130. That's fast, man. That's really fast, you know? Yep. And, and just. And then doing straight lines and making it pretty. I mean, that's just cool. It just looks really cool. Um, let me ask you. Let me let me ask you a question real quick. What are your thoughts on the fact that nowadays it seems everybody's putting a wraparound canopy on their on their machines and covering the boom and calling it a speed heli? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you really want me to talk about this? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, God, you want me to give you the politically correct answer? No, we don't, no, we don't do politically correct. Here, we, we, we haven't been politically correct about it. I have to be though. No, I, no. I represent the company. Absolutely. No, I have come to on. Correct. It's just, it's just me, you and Justin. No one else is listening. Let me, no, you're right. Let me put it. <laughs> it's just us talking on the phone, right? <laughs> or on whatever. Um, let me, let me give you my real honest opinion. Um, one comment only. I find it quite interesting that Goblin released the helicopter two years ago and then the first Goblin, right? Mm-hmm. And then a year and a half later, everybody seems to be wanting to design something similar. Right? Right. Yep. Let me add one more statement to that. The only problem is the similarity is just in the looks. Exactly. Not necessarily exactly. in the functionality. Well, actually, yep. one of them did it. One of them made it functional. <laughs> yeah. And actually gave it an Italian name, too, to top it off. Does it exist, though? Is it real? Yeah, it's all for sale. It came it, out, what, a month ago? Really? Yeah. 
Let me add one, one. Let, let me add one been more. Politically correct about Dan. What else haven't we been politically correct about? I said that that one. Oh, we're not politically <laughs> correct about that one at all. Which one is that? The monstrosity. The Italian one. I mean, I like Augusto, the owner of Avant. He's a nice guy. I just and Augusto, if you listen to this, it's fine. I just don't understand why. It it seems to me like there's just there's no reason to to do something like that to me you know as a consumer and i'm just now speaking as as just a normal individual consumer not as the representative of sab as a consumer i would not go i would just would not buy something that i think is uh, based on copying or basing ideas off of a concept of something else that came out first to me that's just it just makes no sense yeah I don't get it. I mean, and I know Augusta is a super smart guy. I've talked to the guy. He's a great guy. He's very smart. He has some really good ideas. Um, I just don't understand the whole vision behind the whole concept of why doing something that resembles, you know, a goblin. I, I, I don't get it. You know, sure, he made some changes. Machine store tube is not. Tell belt, you know, there's there's some changes here and there, but the similarity in the in the in the powertrain and, and the boom concept and everything else is is just unbelievable, you know. Mm-hmm. And especially the powertrain, it's almost identical. It looks like to me, at least in in basic pictures and and, and some you know gra- you know drawings and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and I just don't understand it. Now, as far as the speed stuff, like you know, the T Rex is the speed T Rex seven hundred <laughs> speed or whatever they call it. I mean, okay, they're trying to do a speed machine, you know. I don't know what can I say. I, guess I they think to- they're just trying to, I, I don't know if they really mean it no. to be a speed thing. I think they're using it because it's a catchy thing. Yeah, they're you buying know, Goblin it. Goblin comes out with the it. speed and it's like, oh, dude, yeah. speed heli. Let's do this. Yeah. Let's 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 uh, ride this train. Hey, before we get too far, I wanted to add one more statement to an earlier statement that you made there, Bert, about two years ago when Goblin came out. Mm-hmm. And everyone, I want to kind of refresh. I'm sure you remember some of the comments. Um, but one thing I found absolutely fascinating was I remember at that particular point in my life, I was actually able to go on to Heli Freak and I used to mm-hmm. hang out in the chat room a lot there. And I, I just remember the absolute disgust before the S before the goblin came out that people mm-hmm. had in its appearance mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just, just went railed on it. You know, and and I and 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 uh, <laughs> you you're absolutely right, and and uh, I think about that all the time too, and and you know, to Enrico's credit, Enrico is the 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 mastermind behind the whole Goblin concept and the the whole principle of the design of the Goblin and the whole idea of the boom and and the reason for having a big boom to be able to support the big pulleys and and the whole thing was was this idea and and he gets he's really passionate about it so he gets frustrated when he sees this stuff coming along and uh, every time you know i communicate with him very often on a daily basis almost and i always say dude just let it go just you should feel very very good about yourself you've set a new trend in the remote control helicopter industry Imitation is the highest form of flattery. Absolutely. And when people were, I remember still to this day, the first time I saw a goblin in real, in real life was on a trip to Switzerland in September of 2011. And Tarek Alsadi had a, uh, uh, a goblin 
that they had just given him to test. And we went to this little field outside the main fun fly to test this thing. Saw the videos. Yeah, and Tarek landed and then handed me the transmitter. And I, I felt so uncomfortable because it wasn't my radio. The sticks were too long for me. And, you know, the thing had, I don't know what freaking setup it had. And I flew it. And even though it wasn't my setup, I liked it. And it just, and I remember telling Tarek, this thing looks really hideous. It, it, it's <laughs> ugly. It's nasty looking. But honestly, by the end of the weekend, I was loving it. There was something about it that was just cool. I don't know, maybe the fact that it was just different, radically different than anything else, you know? And, and, uh, and you know, it all went from there. And, but but to, to think of the fact that people are now doing that across the board, I mean, JR has a helicopter like that, Align's doing that, you know, Avant's doing that. I mean, who's next? You know, uh, I, I don't, I don't, I mean, is there no other ways to innovate? Well, Je Justin has a prediction about that. that. You want to share your, oh yeah, dude, my, my prediction is that in another year, all helis are going to be fuselaged or, or filled out sort of like a goblin because it's just, it's been crazy. Just like you mentioned in the last six or eight months, you got three or four companies trying to do it. Mm -hmm. It's just, yeah. And I mean, you know, I, I don't know. It is what it is. I, I, I hear you in terms of the mastermind at SAB getting frustrated. Hey, I, I'm an engineer. And so we've gone over this on the show before. You know what? One of the most frustrating things to an engineer is to see someone, for lack of a better description, steal their design. But and, yeah, and Enrico was very creative. And when he first came, came up with this idea and he discussed it with Stefano, which was already the owner of SAB. He basically walked up to him and said, hey, I want to do a helicopter. It looks like this. And this is my idea. Do you want to buy the project from me? Because he just wanted to sell the project to Stefano, the owner of SAB. And Stefano said, this thing looks ugly as hell. Like, it's a huge risk. Um, it's either going to be a complete failure or it's going to be a complete success. Instead of me buying this from you, why don't you just come with me? We'll fund, you know, we'll start a new company. We'll call it SAB Heli Division which would be the helicopter division of the already existing SAB company. And we'll just go, you know, half and half and we'll find some investors to do it. And that's exactly what they did. And, and it, his prediction worked in a favorable, you know, in a positive way. Um, you know, it became a huge success. I did not personally think back in the day that it would be that successful. I liked the machine. I thought it had a lot of potential. I never thought that it would become the success it's become. I mean, it really has become successful. And, you know, there's a lot of helicopter brand haters out there, and there's, there's, there's lovers. You know, there's a lot of people that hate the Goblins the same way. There's people that hate other brands. I mean, there's just everybody has their own particular preference. And I refuse to kind of accept, I wouldn't say accept, but to even notice the fact that Goblin had been so popular until I just started traveling the, the last season, man, and just going to all these events all over the world and just seeing more and more of these things everywhere. And, ev you know, eventually it just dawned on me, God, these things are selling. Because I don't deal with numbers. You know, I'm excluded from that kind of stuff. I don't I do only the technical side of things. You know, Susie does more of the marketing and the numbers. Mm -hmm. And she's always mm -hmm. saying, oh, we're doing really good. But I never really paid attention. And I really never even cared to, like, know. I kind of know numbers of how many kits are selling. But I don't, I don't have that perspective as far as like what other manufacturers are doing either. So I don't know, you know what I mean, how to compare. But just right. going to events and seeing how many of them are there, I'm like, holy crap. I mean, there's they're doing really well. These guys are, they're just, they've 
they've made a really good product that that's selling really well. And, you know, it had issues in the beginning. And and honestly, I mean, right now, uh, the issues are practically gone. I mean, they they've I mean, it's like anything else. There's a couple of things here and there. You can't make a perfect product. There's no such thing. But, you know, they managed to improve the quality. They managed to at least on their on their own parts and they've you know they, they're taking care of customers and they, i guess they just people like the looks mm-hmm. so of course it makes sense for other manufacturers to try to to stay afloat but but what i don't understand is why make the copies like come up with something new you know i don't know innovate that's what keeps the that's what keeps the the, the whole industry the whole market uh fresh and interesting it's just to keep yeah but you know what just like we talked about this hobby this industry seems to be prone to drama i think this industry from my perspective seems to be prone to lack of innovation and it's all about capitalizing on what the what the hot new topic is uh of the moment you know what's going Mm -hmm. to sell rather than let me see if i can go out on a limb and do something new and crazy and exciting and that i mean that's I give props to Bobby, you know, my buddy, Bobby Watts, you know, he's come up with this Invertix thing and, you know, granted it's not really a helicopter, but you know, he did have a cool idea. I mean, it's been done before. It's not like it's a completely new, fresh, innovative idea of his been done before, but it's never really been put in a commercial package made available for a very cheap amount of money. And he kind of made it happen. And I think that's, that's the kind of stuff we need. We need, we need new different stuff new mm-hmm. products new innovations new ideas not just a redundant copy of what everybody else is doing um but hey it is what it is you know i mean i still think that a lot of the other companies have great products i can't put down any of those guys you know i, I a line is a line you know wherever they go they're always going to be a line mm-hmm. and uh and and augusto is, is a very smart guy i wish him luck with with the with the avant monstro or whatever but but the bottom line is I just don't understand the whole concept of trying to copy instead of innovate. You know, I, I, I know it's not easy to do, but, but, you know, there's also no reason to change their, their designs to something that resembles a goblin out of the blue when their designs were proven to work very well. And there were people that are still like the standard pot and boom design, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, not everybody likes the goblin look. Indeed. Yeah. And I know that for a fact. Yeah, it takes a bit of getting used to. I was the same when I first saw it. I was like, oh, dude, <laughs> Now Justin's all and about the Goblin. Same same with the speed. It, it was the exact same thing. It's like, I don't know if I like this, but it grows on you. Absolutely. The speed, the speed, the first time I saw it, I thought it was the ugliest thing I've ever seen in my life. It looked like a freaking blind roach i don't know it was nasty a big big deformed sperm but but i love it now i just it just it grows on you man and then you really end up liking it it's it's hard to explain you know Mm -hmm. it's uh it's like one of those like crazy you know sports cars i don't know you know first time you see some crazy lambo you might not really care for some of the lines but it just grows on you Mm -hmm. and then you just really like it you know and you don't get tired of the looks which is the interesting thing too you know i've been flying goblins since day one and i still look at my goblins and i still enjoy looking at them you know i don't get tired of them it's interesting how 
you know, with most helis, you kind of get tired. You change the canopies and customize this and do that. I mean, I'm still running some of the original color schemes on some of mine, and I still enjoy just looking at them. They look cool. But yeah, if if uh, if you've never flown that kind of design, I do agree with you, uh, Justin. It takes a while to get to get used to it. It does feel yep. a little bit strange in the air to look at, and it's just kind of hard to explain what it. it it's not. It's it's just strange, but uh, but you get used to it, and then you end up loving it. For yeah. sure. Well, Bert, we're going to wrap things up here pretty quick because I got a thunderstorm rolling in, and I'd hate to lose this interview. But before we do, let's. Uh, you know, of course, most of our listeners know we've mentioned it a few times. Um, you know, we're going to be coming down and spending some time with you in December at the OHB. We're excited about that. Yeah, looking forward to having you guys here. That that's going to be really cool. Really, really cool. That, Are you guys uh, ready for the whole craziness of the blowout? Uh, yeah, we think. I am. Bring it on. I, I'm psyched, dude. I can't wait. You know what I'm looking forward to? Uh, I'm really looking forward to getting down there and doing what we do best as a live show. And Oh, yeah, dude. That's going to be... Letting all of our listeners on the East Coast get a chance to see what we do live. Dude, that is going to be so much fun. I cannot wait for that. They're, they're so much fun, and I can't wait for you to to experience them as well. Because, uh, you know, we'll get you on the hot seat. We'll make we'll poke some fun at you. We'll uh, we'll get you to under we'll get you to show us that tattoo of yours. Oh, we'll yeah. get you drink a little hot apple pie. <laughs> what's wrong with the stupid tattoo? It's great tattoo is all. You should get a tattoo of yourself while you're in Orlando. They have some great shops here. You know, I've got right? a few already. Oh, he need he actually needs to get his align tattoos touched up a bit. Yeah, I do agree. Align. They can modify it so that it has a goblin looking bump too. Yeah, there you go, dude. That would be awesome. Yeah, I don't think I'll be getting any tattoos to the line. I might get a Burt Cameron tattoo. How about your yep. signature? Oh, yeah. Whatever, you're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll sign. Uh, yeah, no problem. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Nobody knows what the hell it is anyway. It looks like a bunch of lines. It does look so, like a bunch of lines. I've seen it. It is, it is a bunch of lines. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You didn't do penmanship in, in school. You went to a public school, right? They didn't teach you penmanship. No. Hey, that's that's what happens when you go to Vegas and you have a few drinks. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Blame it on Vegas. No, we're, we're really looking forward to coming down and, and uh, hanging out with you guys and kind of experiencing the whole OHP thing. We're, uh, I think we're in for a bit of a shock because, like you said, it's uh, you know our biggest fun flight around here is a little over 100 people. Uh, we are going to Urcha this year, though. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You guys are going to like that. That's going to be cool. We are. That's uh, going to be another one. Reserving our RV tomorrow or Monday morning. As you hear this, we'll be reserving. Oh, you're staying. RV. You're staying at the field. Oh yeah. Yep. That's nice. Yeah. That's the way to do it. Yeah, that's what we do. We consume a moderate amount of adult beverage, and uh, <laughs> you know, just just a bit. Some of us more than others. You'll have to try the. Uh, you'll have to try the table. You'll try to. You're supposed to do that when you fly. Okay. Well, no, it's it's at night. Trust me. Oh no 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 not yeah not not when we're flying. You'll have to try the table surfing. It's a new event that we created a couple weeks ago. But you guys don't have to fly. You have that option. I have to fly, so I can't do that until after hours. But uh, but yeah, that would well, be- that's typically when we do it after the helicopters are, are landed. 
Oh, yeah. The done. drinks don't come out until we're completely done. And then they come out in, in mass quantities. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. And the childish ass hattery ensues, right, Dan? Absolutely. We love that part of it. Yeah, you guys are going to love Urcha. Urcha's fun, man. It's uh, it's always kind of crazy for me there, so I don't get to enjoy it a whole lot. But, uh, you know, if you guys are just, yeah, you guys are going to have a decent booth in there or a tent and you're going to be broadcasting from there, you guys are going to have a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, you gotta you got to make time to stop by for a few minutes. We'll get you behind the mic. Yeah, definitely will. All righty, man. Well, as always, Bert, uh, yeah. thanks for coming on. It's always a pleasure having you on. Awesome. Well, Maybe. thanks, guys. You betcha, Bert. Appreciate the opportunity and uh, definitely keep in touch. And- so, Dan, you know how I've been taste testing a lot of different helis lately. Well, I think it's about time to try out a new flavor. I'm wondering if you've got any suggestions for me as to what to look at next. Dude, did you not read Nick's review on the Blade 700X? Man, you've got to head over to Blade Helicopters and check out their new Pro Series helis. Oh man, you're right. That 700X looks like it's just the ticket. Well, I'm off to www.bladehelis.com to check out my next flavor. So there was Bert. Always nice to have Bert come on, kind of give us a lowdown. Talked about all kinds of good stuff there. A little bit about the Goblin stuff, the BK Servo stuff. A little bit about yeah. Bobby's project. The, uh, what's that? The Invertex. That's right. The Invertex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, kind of caught up with Bert and what he's been up to. So uh, it's always a pleasure. Bert, thanks for coming on. And, yeah, he's uh, a good guy to talk to. You could, I mean, you could probably just talk to him for hours and hours and hours. Yeah. And not run out of topics. We kind of did that. You know, we kind of did the interview yeah. and we ended up talking for another, quite a, quite another bit of Yeah, time. another hour or two after that. Yeah. So it's always uh, always a good time when Bert comes on, and we look forward to talking to him again in the future at some point. All right, guys, this um, we're gonna we're gonna ta- I want to talk about. I don't know if you guys want to talk about it, but there's been uh, it's kind of a I, you know a bit of an upheaval here in the hobby. Some rather startling news uh, from the FAA. I'm sure, you guys have heard it. What's going on? Uh, FAA released a uh, rules proposition uh, to to what they're going to determine what they what they would propose the new rules regarding our hobby and um, it's a bit alarming. Have you guys had a chance to read any of this stuff? Yes, a, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Well, I want to. There's a. There, I've got a few bullet points here that, that, to kind of talk about some of the issues that we're facing. And, and the reason I want to bring this up because, uh, you know, I haven't really been talking about it much, but I, you know, it's been over a year. I've been, I was, I've been talking about drastic changes to the hobby. And we're kind of at that uh, point where if we as hobbyists don't stand up and do something, say something, let our opinions be known. We're looking at some pretty, well, you know, if industry, changing rules. Uh, The first of the few points that I want to bring up is FPV flying. And this is straight out of, and we'll have a link 
to the uh, proposed rules uh, straight from the FAA. Uh, so I've got a few quotes in here. Uh, People other than the operator may not be used in lieu of the operator for maintaining visual line of sight. FPV, although we don't typically do it on helicopters, FPV is probably one of the fastest growing segments of the, the RC industry. I mean, it's it's huge. Basically, this applies to all of you guys out there that have that are flying the like the visions and stuff like that, using goggles and whatnot. Got to let your opinions be known here. This one here kind of affects our hobby directly. Uh, factory pilots and paid model instructor pilots this goes for planes, helix, whatever. They've come up with a set of standards, basically saying that nobody can be paid. Uh, whether it's demonstrating aerobatics with the model aircraft, instructing other pilots and being reimbursed for that, competing and receiving prize money for that competition will be, if these rules that they're proposing go into effect, will be illegal. Consider that for just one one second. You look at our biggest event uh, here in the States, Urcha. In the world? In the world. Well, yeah. it only affects it here in the States. I mean, it's these are only applied to us here. Yeah, but it's still the biggest event in the world. The point which, is, if these rules go through, these events are illegal. Joel Nall, I mean, it, it changes the landscape of what Urcha is. Some might say that's for the better. I don't know. It's, you know, it's, it's a commercial endeavor. We know that, right? But uh, typically, sponsored pilots get paid to do demos, and um, uh, they also compete there for prize money. Um, that is definitely a real issue that we need to to consider. Uh, <laughs> I, I I don't even know what to say about that. That seems so far overreaching. I, I don't I don't know what the FAA is thinking. Even what, the small stuff like the distance from the airport. Yeah, and that's and the, see that's a new rule. It was three miles, and it wasn't a, re, a required thing. It was a courtesy thing based on the size of the airport that you call and and let them know that you're going to be flying. Now they're saying they want uh, it's five miles, and um, for example, where I work, I'm no I'm I'm within five miles of the airport. That won't work for those of you who have clubs. Barons over in uh, Deer Park, where we're having our fun fly. We will not be able to hold our fun fly at that. Field. They won't even be able to have a club there. They won't even be able to yeah. have a club there. My local club, hmm. CMHC, is within a few miles of a local airport where they drop people for skydiving. Yeah. I mean, we see skydivers and airplanes fly overhead all the time. So there's a 60 member club that has been there, what? How? Dude. Oh, dude. For 20, 20 years? I th- I think close to 30, if not more. I mean, wow. it's been around for a long time. Would just all of a sudden up and have to move. Yes. Yes. They There's a 17-page document that the FAA released today kind of going over these proposals. And I'm going to put a show note link. Um, it, it, it's spelled out. Now, keep in mind, these are proposals. Now, I want to make one distinction in that we, we, we all, well, assuming a lot of us have heard of, of Trappy, 
and he's the multi-rotor guy that mm-hmm. took the FAA to court and won. And the NTSB judge determined that uh, the FAA has no legal ground to enforce a rule because they did not follow the proper procedures to create these regulations. This is what this proposal is. What they've said is we are we acknowledge that we overstepped our bounds. We are now going to follow the proper procedure. And not only are we going to follow the proper procedure, we're really going to make it a lot worse than it was. They, in their, on page, I think it's 11 of their document, they have a little chart here. It says, to provide guidance, the following are examples of flights that could be conducted as hobbyists or recreation flights and other types of flights that would not be a hobby or recreation. So hobby or recreation, flying a model aircraft at the local model aircraft club not hobby or, or recreation, receiving money for demonstrating aerobatics with a model aircraft. Acceptable. Taking photos with a model aircraft for personal use. Not acceptable. A realtor using a model aircraft to photograph a property that he is trying to sell and using the photos in a property's real estate listing. A person photographing a property or an event and selling the photos to someone else. Uh, using a model aircraft to move a box from one point without any kind of compensa- compensation, that's acceptable. Delivering packages to people for a fee, that's not acceptable. You guys you guys feeling you feeling the idiocy yeah. of some of this stuff? Well, oh, and yeah. I mean, what, what frustrates me is, it, so in the same document, Dan, between pages five and six, I think that's sort of the... That's the, the the discussions in that section are the statutory requirements. Yes. And what they mean by that is in order for a model aircraft to be considered as such and to be exempt from all future FAA rulemaking, it has to fall under these set of guidelines, this set of guidelines. And the requirements are the aircraft is flown strictly for hobby or recreational use. The aircraft is operated in accordance with a community-based set of safety guidelines and within the programming of a nationwide community-based organization. And, and I don't want to interrupt, but I want to I want people to key on that statement that yep. you just said. So that continue. one's that one's very important. And we're gonna talk about that next real quick. But go ahead. The aircraft is limited to not more than fifty five pounds unless otherwise certified through a design, construction, inspection, flight test, and operational safety program administered by a community based organization. The aircraft is operated in a manner that does not interfere with and gives way to any manned aircraft, and when flown within five miles of an airport, the operator of the aircraft provides the airport operator and the airport air traffic control tower with prior notice of the operation. If you do not meet those five requirements, all five of them, then you will not be considered a model aircraft and thus will be subject to future rulemaking along the lines of the commercial regulations that Dan was just discussing. So let's let's talk about that those points that that Justin just just mentioned. First of all, let's talk about the definition of an aircraft. When you read that document, the first five pages def- has 
has defined aircraft three times in three different ways. Mm-hmm. And I still don't know concisely what the definition is. And and moving on to, and th- this is going to be a touchy subject because, uh, but it, it, it's my this is strictly my opinion. These these this is not a reflection of Marcy Heli Nation and and the, and the guys here. This is my opinion. You know, I I wanted you guys to key on the on the statement that Justin said about the national community organization, community based organization. So here's. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, and I don't think the AMA is some all, uh, I don't think they've got some strange uh, power over the FAA. Personally, I don't think the FAA gives much of a shit about the AMA, and I don't think the AMA cares much about the FAA. I think that, you know, we had the AMA Expo, we had the nice little photo op, little handshake, the uh, memorandum of understanding between the FAA and the AMA, but... You've got to ask yourself, what is the AMA doing? Because I don't, I think it's a political play play. I don't think there was a grand scheme, but I, I do believe that the ultimate goal is the AMA is trying to make it. So you have to be a member of the AMA to fly legally. And on top of that, you have to belong. You have to fly at a uh, at a sanctioned field. That's that's a that's a pretty bold statement. It's it's it, it's certainly my opinion. I do believe that the AMA not necessarily orchestrated this, but I do believe they saw this play and took it. Because if you've been following the AMA recently, in the last few months especially, they've been talking about how their membership is declining drastically because the old guys are dying off and the new kids aren't. The, the young blood is not joining. They're losing their base. If the AMA was involved in this process of helping the FAA, FAA understand what the hobby is, the AMA has either been highly ineffective at that job or they just didn't get the message across to the, to the FAA on what it means to be a hobbyist. Because they're lumping all this stuff into one category. They're lumping everything into one category. Another thing I find, uh, you know, I agree, you know, you got to have, give these guys time to respond. But 48 hours later, after we start hearing about this stuff, the FAA or the AMA, Bob Brown, the president, releases a couple statements. And the director, uh, executive director, Dave Matthewson, as well. Uh, the FAA interpretive rule effectively negates Congress's intention and is contrary to the law. Uh, Dave Matthewson of the AMA says, it is at best ill-conceived and at worst intentionally punitive and regulatory. Uh, the Academy strongly requests the FAA reconsider this action. The AMA will pursue all available resources to dis- dissuade enactment of this rule. That's nice to hear that, but have you guys seen, heard, or otherwise, of anything they're doing? I haven't, but in fairness, I also haven't been paying a lot of attention to what AMA has been up to recently in terms of this sort of legislation. The simple matter of the fact is the FAA is bullying the hobby right now. Oh, I agree completely. And yeah, 
what I'm getting at, guys, is now is the time. I mean, I you know, we all kind of sit back and go, this this isn't gonna no, this they can't they're not gonna do this, they can't do that. Well, we now have an opportunity uh following the proper procedures for rulemaking to have your voice heard. And if you do look at that link, uh, I encourage you to, I encourage everybody to look at that link, uh, read, read the document and then respond. There's uh, it tells you how you can respond. The more of us that respond, simple matter of the fact, our voices will be heard. It's time to do something, you know, but let, let's not just sit back and, and hope that somebody else does something because this is this is going to affect the hobby if it happens. This is the real deal. This is the real deal. This isn't crazy. This is this is what we were waiting and hoping wasn't going to happen. It absolutely is. And here it is, they've thrown it down. Uh, so yeah, this is yeah, it's this isn't an exercise anymore. And uh you respond, you give them your opinions, you find organizations that are doing the same thing such as RC Fly and you let your collective opinion be heard and hopefully <laughs> the lawmakers and uh, those people who are making these decisions that are going to affect our hobby. Uh, and it, it's not just, it's not just us as hobbyists. It's the whole hobby industry that will be affected. Dramatically. Oh yeah. And, and I want to touch on that really quick, Dan, because after they go through the, the short list that I just walked through, they then talk about, their formal legal definition of each of those things. And the one that I found of particular interest was the bullet point in the list that discusses that the aircraft is flown for strictly or is strictly flown for hobby or recreational use. And they say here, the statute requires model aircraft to be flown strictly for hobby or recreational purposes uh, we look to the ordinary meaning of hobby or recreational purposes um, and also the FAA's previous interpretations to understand the direction provided by Congress. So the definition of a hobby is a pursuit outside one's regular occupation engaged in especially for relaxation. OK, and then it goes on to say any operation not constructed conducted strictly for hobby or recreational purposes could not be operated under the special rule for model aircraft. Clearly commercial operations would not be hobby or recreation flights. Likewise flights that are in furtherance of a business or incidental to a person's business would not be a hobby or recreational flight. It, and then it says, Although those flights are not commercial operations conducted for compensation or hire, such operations do not qualify as hobby or recreational flight because of the nexus between the operator's business and the operation of the aircraft. So, you know, if you're into interpretation and let's face it, when it's about legal, you've got to be because that's how these people survive. You can get a lot of nasty stuff out of that description. Uh, you know, where where does it end? How far does it go? Does that mean that, uh, for example, uh, our fun fly that we're going to have this week? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. RC Heli Nation LLC is a company 
is a legal corporate entity in the United States of America. Nick and Dan and Jesse and I engage in various activities in this hobby for the furtherance of that company. Now, we don't get a paycheck out of it. We always joke about that. But at the end of the day, you could construe from that definition that we, our operations of model aircraft, no longer qualify as hobby or recreational. What about being a sponsored uh, team pilot? You're not getting compensated, but there is a reasonable expectation from the team manager of you that you will perform in some way in uh, return for payment in the form of free stuff or discounted stuff that that may not be hobby anymore. Exactly. So reps, field reps, they get discounts. Yep. You know, and, and there's there's two distinctions to be made. One is one is commercial, one is is hobby. You know, I'm all for some type of certification. Uh, I'm all for it for for commercial use. I mean, I I think that's reasonable and I think it's responsible to to determine or somehow verify that you have an ability to safely operate a machine and not put people at risk. That's reasonable to expect some level of certification. And, mm-hmm. and I'm okay with that. But, you know, part of the problem is, is, is this proposed rule uh, that they're doing, you know, this, they have an advisory committee. That advisory committee is made up of primarily government contractors, very large government contractors. Um, it's in their best interest to make sure that these these things happen and they're not easy to attain. Uh, they want to call the competition, essentially. Uh, keep the small guys from starting up and prohibitory. You know, it's too expensive or the authorization process is too long. And, and here's one last point. This certificate of authorization that we hear people talking about all the time, you know, you if you want to fly commercially, you have to have a certificate of authorization. Well, it's it's kind of an oxymoron. The FAA is requiring you to apply for authorization for something that they don't have the constitutional uh, right or authority to impose. That seems yep. that seems strange to me. Mm-hmm. The simple matter of the fact is, there's going to be a lot of stuff happening in the hobby. And it's very important that all of us kind of keep on top of it. Many outlets, feel free to email me anytime with any questions. Uh, I, I, as, as it's well known that I'm involved with RC Fly in some manner. Um, these guys are doing a fantastic job of, of keeping on top of. And, and, and to be honest with you, we were kind of hoping that these, you know, these issues would be left to states to make these decisions. And RC Fly has been actively working with states. Uh, to help build and construct reasonable rules, not only for the hobbyists, and that's where our CFLI focuses on, is the hobbyists. They don't focus on any commercial stuff. But anytime they start to look at this hobby in that manner, it could lead to some very bad things. So food for thought. Definitely, definitely speak up. Now's the time. Um, and the time is limited guys, because this was issued on June 18th. Okay. And they allow a 30 day, uh, 
public comments, period. So if you, you know, if you feel so compelled, and hopefully many of you do, then uh, Dan's going to link this in the show notes. But just to cover it, you can go to www.regulations.gov and the docket number for this particular notification is FAA-2014-0396. Absolutely. And or you can mail it in old school. Yes. If you happen to be in the D.C. area, you can deliver it by hand. So please get involved. It's a simple thing to do, and it could completely affect uh, how we enjoy our hobby. Down to the fun flies we go to, the pilots that we enjoy watching at big events, the prizes that are given out, uh, the manufacturers that will go out of business because they can't further, you know, they've lost their pretty much their main line to showing their wares and getting their product in the spotlight. So there we are. <laughs> There's my uh, political rant. I actually, I actually have been thinking long and hard about this, and I, I just, uh, I, I just, I'm pretty passionate about it. I really hope that we can encourage our listeners to, to definitely definitely speak up and be heard. So take a look at the show at the link and, uh, do what you got to do. Uh, email me too. If you have any questions or if you want more information, I've got a whole file full of this stuff that I've been mulling over. So I can definitely help you out with that as well. Whew. What do you think? Hey, uh, I smell a rat. Do you? You, yep. <laughs> something fishy going on up in here yep yeah i don't know it's tough to say and i'm I'm actually not going to because as i've learned before I, I don't like to come to a fight with only you know a half loaded weapon and then on this subject uh but you it, know it, the one thing i'll tell you nick is is you can look at what's presented and you can go with your gut instinct Man, I got to tell you, it just, if it if it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it's most likely a duck. Yeah, and it, it I am not, I've, I've been a supporter of the AMA since I started flying, and, you know, I will always try to be a supporter of the AMA, but this sounds, yeah. Yeah. And I agree I, with that. I agree. We all should support the AMA. I, I'm not saying that we shouldn't because as it stands right now, although the the one thing that would be nice is uh, we have a community-based national organization. We need more of those. We shouldn't just have one voice. I know you. we hear it. We see it all the time. The AMA is your voice. Well, uh, you know, there are other options out there. Investigate them. And, and, um, you know, because the AMA, we kind of need to support them at this point. Uh, I sure, you know, you know, I guess, uh, if it turns out that they don't have our best interests, well, then I guess that support should be withdrawn, but we have no evidence of that. So anyway, let's move on. Let's, let's wrap this one up. What do you think? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do some emails first, Nick. If I wanted to get in touch with you, how would I do that? Uh, you would send me an email to nick at rchellynation.com. 
Jesse, if I want to get in touch with you. Uh, you would definitely send me an email at jesse at rchelionation.com. Jack Hammer! Yes, you can send me an email at justin at rchelionation.com. I'm Dan. You can reach me at Dan K. Reed <laughs> on the forums. That's right. Yeah, see, I can remember yeah, that stuff. You sure? Dan, Dan at rchelionation. I had to think about it for a minute, but yeah. Uh, Dan at uh, rchelionation if you want to send me an email. So as you guys saw, we have our citizen numbers up. Now, Nick, I want to ask you a question. Um, yes, sir. Are we going to have the ability to print? Um, if Let's say somebody wanted to buy a card at the Funfly. You will be want... able to get a card at the Funfly. There you go. So yep. as uh, as the new members come in, and I've noticed there's been a few in the last uh, couple of days, uh, we will be printing those up and sending them. Of course, if you're at the Funfly and you're not a registered citizen, you can get that there as well. Uh, we're going to have some shirts there, right? We're going to have some hats. Yeah. And uh, yes, and shirts and hats. Still get your orders in, everyone too. Definitely. Yes. Here's here's what I'm doing. Um, all the orders that came in before Sunday have been shipped. I've been really busy, so I'm not. What I'm going to do is, as I as I've been getting orders to make sure you get a shirt, I've been pulling it, putting it in an envelope, and just kind of putting it off the side. When I get back. I will, and that will be next Monday, uh, or it'll be actually the day you're listening to this show. Uh, those will go out in the mail. So you can get, don't worry, we won't sell out of them. If you order a hat, order a shirt, I will make sure you get it. And I uh, would invite you to check out our Facebook page and our forum as well. If you want to chat with some other heli people, <laughs> other enthusiasts. You can do that as well on the front page of our webpage, our chat box there. Well, guys, um, as you listen to this, the fun fly has happened. And uh, you will be getting another episode this Wednesday. That will be the live show that we did at our fun fly. So we sure hope you guys enjoyed that. That'll be out yeah, Wednesday night, probably. Alrighty, guys, we sure hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we've enjoyed making it. Have a good week. We will see you next uh, uh, Wednesday, then Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get some flying. Absolutely. Later, guys. See you Wednesday. This has been a production of RC Heli Nation LLC and is brought to you by KDE Direct, SoCo Heli Tools, Progressive RC, Genzase Batteries, Blade Helicopters, BK Servos, and Rotary Wing RC. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please feel free to send us an email.